0: Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus.
1: Season's greetings, everybody, and welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. What's going on? Episode 200. Cannot believe it. 200 shows in the books at the end of this one today. And we've got lots to get to coming out of the weekend and really more just, you know, from Friday's epic show and crazy maybe the biggest news day in winnipeg sports since the team came to winnipeg on whatever it was may 31st back of 2011 um you know the combination of the resignation of paul maurice a game that night and then the unfortunate news that we will not be having any more jet games this week until christmas no nashville game and then shutting down all cross-border travel so no game against the Dallas Stars. What that means for the Winnipeg Jets is um, some practice time under their new head coach, Dave Lowry, who got his first win as an NHL head coach yesterday over the St. Louis Blues. But we're going to get to all of that, the stories around the world of sports, which unfortunately have a lot to do with this damn virus and um, the variant and all of these things. Um, Jeff Hamilton is going to join us. we we'll look forward to having that. And then we will talk to Dave Pagnotta uh, about the latest happening in the National Hockey League olympic participation looks like that is just about dead um even canada not going to the spangler cup and i mean fingers crossed that we'll be able to have a, a world junior tournament coming up in a few weeks um so certainly there's lots going on the focus though is on the winnipeg jets who got a much much needed win yesterday before going into an early a christmas break earlier than they had expected although of course they do have practices as i just mentioned Um, we're gonna get remus in here in just a second welcome to everybody here i hope you love the festive theme of the winnipeg sports talk youtube today and a big happy holiday season's greetings and thank you to our wonderful sponsors including f apparel Vita Health, Culligan Water, Manitoba Battery, Royal Sports, Not Auto Corp, Little Brown Jug, Princess Auto, Boston Pizza, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Canadian Club Whiskey, and Cool Bet Canada. And of course, it is the holidays. Many people are looking for some last minute gifts. If you have the opportunity to support our sponsors, we greatly appreciate it. And uh, if you have the opportunity to tell them that uh, the WST boys sent you, that always helps out too. Let's get Remus in here and get this thing going. What's going on, dude? How was your weekend?
2: oh yeah really really great weekend filled with uh joy i guess right isn't that the term i don't know it's fine joy levels the joy levels were for, were high i think they were decent joy levels were good um well
1: you're about the only one yeah. because so far as i can tell everyone else is freaking out well, i shouldn't say everyone else is freaking out if you go to social media everyone's freaking out if you talk to average people in the street you know your friends no one seems to be freaking out but maybe that's just the circles that we run in um the bottom line is, it's not business as usual right now for the National Hockey League, first and foremost. Obviously, for the Winnipeg Jets losing these games. And I will tell you, the other thing coming out of Friday's news conference with the um, with the games, um, I guess the other huge bit of news when it comes to not only the hockey team, but the fans, is that assuming that they resume games with the regular schedule after Christmas, December 27th, and December 29th, the Minnesota and Chicago games, which I know were probably Christmas presents for a lot of people. Um, always those holiday games are, are great. I mean, you have people coming back from wherever they're at and living with family and friends, getting out. It's probably my favorite week of the season, to be honest, uh, when it comes to actually going and attending games because of all the familiar faces that you might see that aren't normally around, but they're back in Winnipeg for the holidays. Uh, They've got to go to 50% capacity for these games. And Remus, I was telling you off air, I mean, as someone that got my entire start in the sports industry, selling tickets, doing ticketing, group tickets, season tickets, I can't even wrap my head around what the folks at True North and the other teams in Canada are dealing with right now that have to go to 50%. I mean, the logistics of just making the decision as to how you decide which tickets are valid and which tickets aren't, refunding them, secondary sales that have already happened with people with their seats. I mean, it is an absolute nightmare scenario for people that are uh, on the inside dealing with that. So I'll give them a big shout out. I'm not sure exactly how that's all going to work out. We expect to hear something tomorrow. Um, and I do hope that when when he is able to speak on all of it, we'll get Kevin Donnelly from True North of Sports and Entertainment to pop on the program at some point this week uh, and to talk about how this is all going to affect fans. Uh, very unfortunate. Many people have different takes on whether it's necessary or not. I'll leave that out for today. Um, but it's the facts. Um, Friday was insane. Paul Maurice resigns. We got a hockey game that night, and then heading into the game, we find out that, you know, just one week later when games are finished up, I mean, obviously yesterday was able to be the full building, but going forward, at least through the January 8th and 10th games, um, it'll be a 50% building. So we'll find out what that means, uh, who's going to be able to use their tickets, who won't be able to use their tickets and whatnot. But um, man, it's just a big mess, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I'm trying to keep track of all this, mainly trying to keep track of who's healthy that I can put in my fantasy lineup, because uh, the one side effect of this is that, like, what, betting on NFL or rostering fantasy for hockey this week, uh, extremely impossible. There's guys I don't want to drop. Seems like everyone is on the COVID list. But we're trying to just uh, piece together the, the facts, as you said, the Jets off this week. Um, early break back, you know, coming out um, in the middle of yesterday's game that the Dallas game also canceled. And I guess we'll wait and see about after, but they are shut down. So someone said in chat, Patrolman P's like, do you think this extended break helps the Jets or hurts the Jets? I think it can only help when you have the new coach come in, Um, you have the new coach come in, get a chance to get acclimated to how he runs things. Um, If you want to change things up, but I think it was important, Huss, as we talked off air before, going into this break now without, or sorry, with a win yesterday against St. Louis. You don't want to be on a four game losing streak, especially. And I thought Friday's game, I mean, uh, Vitek Vanacek, he was first star of the game. He stoned Mark Scheifele uh, time after time. But yesterday, it was the Shifley Oilers Stasny line. Shout out to Paul Stasny, 500 career NHL assists. Were the ones on the board, and Nikolai Ehlers had four points yesterday, putting him in spot for third star of the week in the NHL. So, you know, and I think, and I think that uh, that this break is actually beneficial uh, for the Jets now. Now that they won, now if they lost, I'd be like, no, 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 they got to get Ooh, back on the horse 100%. And, uh, and get get a W. Like, I was really choked that these games
1: were canceled. And I guess we sort of first knew that the Nashville game wasn't happening. Yeah, But, you know, I thought, you know, maybe this is the perfect scenario. They don't have a back-to-back, which, for whatever reason, you know, we've talked about, you know, the, that second end of the back-to-back, just, you know, the numbers prove it out. You know, it's a tougher game to win. Um, You get an extra day of practice, and then you move down to Dallas. Um, And as far as I know, I'm not sure that there's anything going on with the Stars right now, but I guess they just figured it was easier to prevent all the cross-border travel and potential quarantine if guys test positive. But what has been interesting, Remus, and we heard it from Connor Hellebuck and Paul Stastny on the weekend, we heard it from Stevie Iserman, uh, there's a growing sense of frustration throughout the National Hockey League of um, players and individuals wondering if it's sort of going too far. I mean, testing and, you know, sitting down all these asymptomatic individuals, um, and I know it's a bigger part of, it's a pandemic, you don't want to spread it, Um, But there are people at some point, look, everyone's vaccinated, you know, you sort of have to have to deal with it going forward. Now, this is the way the National Hockey League's chosen to deal with it in the short term. I don't expect there to be a long pause or break in the schedule minus, you know, a real disaster. I think if we get to that point, there's much bigger problems with hockey not being played. Uh, But like many other businesses, they're going to try to truck on. The one thing that's different right now is the vaccines are available and the boosters are available. And most people have those, certainly most people involved in it. So. Um, you'll hope that they'll be able to minimize the damage, but the bottom line is, and it was hilarious that you said, "Oh, there, the joy levels were high." I mean, I guess joy levels were high because of the wind of uh, the win yesterday. Um, and it was a tough day in Winnipeg for a lot of fans, a lot of people that loved Paul Maurice, and obviously the players. Uh, the game didn't go very well, certainly with the uh, with the final score at the end. And then throughout the weekend, it was just more bad news after bad news. I mean, the game's being canceled. What's going forward? And I mean, of course. And it's sort of, I mean, I guess we were prepared for this a bit, dude. But when we finally get the word that the NHLers aren't going to Beijing and aren't participating in the Olympics, and that's certainly not a done deal right now, but it seems imminent and almost seems like a foregone conclusion. um, That's a real lump of coal for every hockey fan around the world that's been waiting for so long to get a true best-on-best tournament that um, doesn't look like it's going to happen this year.
2: I need to hear you say "lump of coal" while standing or sitting in front of your nice Christmas. I just uh, try to keep it on, keep it on the theme, man. Christmas uh, scene there, and yeah, I mean, when I heard that, um, you know, Robin Leonard come out and speaking out, it was like, I'm not doing a potential three to five week quarantine. And I think that's the issue with the cross border travel. You don't want to be in a situation where if you test positive, you're going to be stuck there. You don't want to go to the U.S. and not be able to come back to Canada because you test positive and vice versa. So that's something they're going to have to figure out how to navigate um you know coming out of this break. I'm not sure how to do that. We're just saying what it is and yeah, I mean, why would you why would any player go to China with the risk you're going to be stuck there, maybe potentially miss what NHL paychecks among, you know, the mental issues of being stuck in a hotel room or being away from your family. So, um I think it is extremely well it is extremely disappointing we're not going to get a best on best tournament but can't they figure out a way to do that um in north america um and i had said like the best idea i heard i mean yeah.
1: they're gathering at the end of the break the beginning mm-hmm. of the olympic break for the all-star game in vegas listen just take the teams to vegas do the tournament there for the next month or you know the yeah. two week tournament to bang it off now you know, when you're doing something like this with the money that's involved, the insurance, I mean, there has to be a lot of money coming in. You got to get TV for it. You got to sell tickets, all those things. I mean, pretty much logistically impossible to turn that around in a couple weeks or even a month. Um, but hopefully, the, listen, we're getting screwed out of this because of the virus this year um, and I would prefer it to be at the Olympics. I think most people would. Certainly the players would. Um, but let's get a legitimate World Cup of Hockey set up in the next year or two. Um, that doesn't have a team North America where you're essentially taking some of the top players from Canada and the United States off of the rosters and fundamentally changing the competition. Let's get best on best national teams and get at it. You know, the more I think about it, Remus, and I don't know whether in our lifetimes we'll ever see anything close to it, but... I'm like becoming more and more a soccer guy, not because I love the sport so much. I mean, I do enjoy it. I mean, I watch the bigger games. I certainly am so into the Canada run, both on our men's and women's side of things. But the fact that 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 um, entire sport is built around the club, the club competitions, but built in schedules. To make sure that they have their best on best for national teams, both friendlies, like in all sorts of years, as well as the big competitions, World Cup every four years, Euro every four, you know, those sort of things that it it just it is so perfect. And I think that's a big reason why that sport has continued to grow around the world. There's many other factors as well. But the fact that you know at the beginning of the season you're playing up until this point, then there's a three week break, and there's all these international competitions and coming back. I'm sure the clubs don't particularly like it at times, but there is something to be said about having that national team jersey on the pride that it does, what it does for the the, the sport, and the fact that that has always been prioritized from a soccer standpoint.
2: Yeah, and I, I agree. I agree with you, and I think we're we're like uh, frothing at the mouth here for some best on best competition and. You know the reason and they kind of I think they kind of ruined the World Cup of Hockey. I like the idea, you know, of making uh a team Europe or the under 21 team was great, but what they the way they did it wrong was they took away from Canada and US and those teams weren't able US got screwed in the World Cup of Hockey. They couldn't oh, have yeah. Matthews, they couldn't have Eichel, so uh Canada ended up uh running away with it. We'll see what happens. Uh but yeah, we're we're preparing for no NHLers at the Olympics and I think everyone I think while you're disappointed, I mean, it wasn't like before. It's like, well, come to an agreement. Come on, work out the money. Do all that stuff. This is like, yeah. okay, Ed. You're <laughs> like, okay, yeah, I, I wouldn't want it. If I was an NHL player, yeah, I wouldn't go to China for the Olympics either. Why would you do that? So um, hopefully they uh, they figure it out. Well, I I
1: felt bad for um, my pal Dustin Nielsen, who uh, got the uh, got the proverbial lump of coal this morning. Yes. That Hockey Canada is not sending a team for the Spangler Cup, which means he won't be going over there and won't be calling it. That's he's a great family guy, though, I know he'll be uh, very happy to spend Christmas with his wife and Marshall and Elizabeth. Um, and who knows with what happens? I mean, the World Juniors are of course in his backyard, and uh, imagine I'll have him on call. If somebody tests positive, I mean, the entire world junior, we're going to ask Dave Pagnotta about this coming up in the second hour of the program, Remus. You know, with what's happening everywhere else and with what's happening in the National Hockey League right now. I mean, I think it's naive to think that, you know, there won't be some impact on the junior tournament and whether they have to go to a full-fledged bubble. uh, I'm not sure, but... You know when you see how this variant, and I mean, it doesn't seem to be as serious as the others. I mean, I think that's one thing that is very positive about this. But the uh, it seems to be a more highly contagious, less consequence fire uh, variant. But I mean, when you're talking about young men, I mean, some not even eighteen. I think you have to be extra careful. Um, when it comes to you know what dangers, if you want to say what competitions have, and we all want to see the games be played. Um, and that's just on the ice. Never mind. I mean. This is the biggest cash cow for hockey Canada and the I double IHF, the world juniors every year when it's here in Canada. So you wonder, and we were just talking about how True North is going to deal with figuring out who gets to go to the games and who doesn't with the 50% cap. Um, I know Alberta's sort of been the wild west throughout this pandemic when it comes to Canada, but with the increasing pressures on the healthcare system and what the politicians are dealing with, I don't know. I have a hard time believing that they'll be able to go, even if I may personally think that if it's a fully vaccinated arena, I'm not sure. I mean, at the end of this, the way that this thing is spreading right now, I think everyone's going to get it. And, you know, you know, can you push it down the road long enough to prevent the huge spike that, you know, affects the ICU? That's certainly what people are trying to do it. Um, but I think we're seeing more than ever, get vaccinated, get that booster, uh, because it's coming for everyone. And the good thing is, with the medicine that we've talked about, I mean, the uh, the consequences are, in most cases... Are pretty mild if you if you even are symptomatic Mm. at all um but you know again putting it all together it's just a big big mess right now first and foremost you want to keep yourself your family and your loved ones healthy um but it it is wreaking havoc right now everywhere maybe no but you know what's hilarious we're canceling all (laughs) canceling all these games in the national hockey league and it's an impromptu week off and then we've got two NFL games tonight, yes. two NFL games on, on Tuesday. We'll have one day off, and then they're right back at it with a huge game between the Niners and Titans on, uh, on Thursday, heading into games on Christmas Day and Boxing Day in the National Football League on the weekend. So uh, one, thing, one thing is for sure, the NFL will be there for us in these dark times. And uh, even though this Browns team is going to look like a JV version of the actual Cleveland Browns unit... Uh, I'm here for the game. I'll probably have a little sprinkle on it. I'll look forward to seeing this game tonight. Uh, you know, this afternoon, four o'clock start. For those of you watching live with us, Browns and, Ra- and uh, Raiders. And then uh, a little later on tonight, uh, you've got the, uh, what is it?
2: Tonight, the Seattle? Uh, uh, no, tonight's Chicago, oh, um, Vikings, Minnesota. Oh, Vikings, of course. Yeah, and NFL, they're just pushing on. They don't care how many players are out. If you have to start, you know, practice squad roster. Uh, They'll make you make you do that. I do want to give a shout out to Gord Miller, who's kind of keeping everyone up to date on the World Juniors on his Twitter account. He says he's getting a lot of questions. Here's his update from this morning. Teams and on ice officials, they've all been in Alberta since December 15th. They're restricted to hotel and arena with mask rules in place. They're doing daily testing and they have strict rules. It seems like everyone's already there. So they're ready to go. And he says, it's possible that it will be played with reduced capacity, but no announcement has been made as of Sunday night. So, I mean, everyone's there. They're all, you know, not quite in a bubble, but I think restricted movement. So it sounds like the World Juniors, like they're going to happen. It's just a question of if people are going to be able to watch it or not. But, I mean, anything, again, you say something now, something could change pretty, pretty quickly. So that was the situation as of this morning from Gord Miller.
1: Yeah, well, again, that'll be something that we'll keep a close eye on, um, and uh, we'll talk about it more with Dave Penaña a little bit later on in the program. But um, yeah, two games tonight. Vike's six and a half point favorites over the Bears, and uh, oh, the Raiders have now moved to three-point favorites over the Browns. Remember Nick Mullins? He's back. He, uh, <laughs> he'll, be, he'll be quarterback in Cleveland. I think 10 starters are out on defense. Uh, it's who was the guy Ream that started a quarterback for the Broncos last year? Kendall? some uh, Kendall, Kendall, Hinton. Kendall, the Kendall Hinton game, mm. that poor guy, a wide receiver on the practice roster has to go out and start a regular season national football league game up until this point. That was probably the most ridiculous thing that we'd seen, uh, but I have a feeling this Raiders Cleveland game might might rival it this afternoon when they kick off at four o'clock.
2: Yeah, well, again, we'll wait and see. And I know I see a lot of people saying in chat, a lot of tough fantasy decisions. Like if you had Cooper Cup on your roster and uh, the Rams have a big outbreak, do you want to pick up, uh, do you want to, you know, do you want to play him or play a lesser person? It's hard to say Cooper Cup. But for example, I just had to make a pickup in my fantasy hockey league. I was like, okay, do I I need a left wing because everyone's hurt. Do I pick up Paul Stasny or Jamie Ben? I'm like, well, Jamie Ben is playing in Texas where uh, they don't have a lot of restrictions. So I picked up Jamie Ben instead of Staz. Cause, cause well, the funny thing know. is they were supposed
1: to play each other. They would have both been in the same game this week and neither of them are playing right yeah. now. So, um, you know, just looking over at TSN, uh, the Habs have now shut down through the holiday break. The Columbus Blue Jackets have now shut down through the holiday break. And the Edmonton Oilers have shut down and closed their facility for the remainder of the uh, through this holiday break. So, um, You know, I guess in some point, and you kind of brought this up about the Jets situation, Um, considering the fact that they've got a brand new head coach, Um, you know, this all happened Friday morning. They went straight into a game, Um, you know, get together on Saturday, get ready for the Sunday game, play Sunday, get the first win. Um, it was going to be an off day and then travel with two more games. I mean, maybe this does come at a good time for the Winnipeg Jets and particularly Jungle Dave, the new head coach. Who can um can handle things, uh, you know, and and really get a couple of good solid practices and try and build whatever new foundation in his mind that he'd like to bring to the club, um, with a few days of practice. Because as we all know, during this regular season, there's not a lot of time to do that. Um, I know we're gonna get to this with Hamilton in just a minute, but um, gotta say, congrats to the coach on win number one. What an absolutely monster win for Winnipeg. I mean, we talked about how you know crucial these games were going to be this week. I really thought that this. Was a massive opportunity if the jets could do well in these three divisional games um to give them some momentum that they could bring through the holidays two of those games weren't being played but as you mentioned remo if they had lost yesterday to go into the break with the uh, the downer i think for a lot of the players of having the coach resign on friday um the losing that had crept in lately If they hadn't won that game yesterday, holy smokes, that would have been a miserable week, I think, for players and fans around. So um, an important win, even just in the short term, to try to get some good feelings around the hockey club um, going into a few days, hopefully, of spirited practice, and then uh, a team that'll be rested, recharged, and uh, ready to go. To do some winning once you get out on the other end. Presumably at home in front of 50% on December 27th, but I guess that's all up in the air as we uh, continue to take this day by day. Yeah,
2: we'll wait and see and the Jets got some uh, bad news Friday. Um, you know, we were all waiting for the Gus bus huh. and he got what got out of the garage and uh, got a flat tire right away. He's day to day and then we had um, Evgeny Svechnikov who got hurt on Friday. Now, he seems like a longer term uh, I think coach lowry saying much longer than that so they made a couple of call-ups sunday uh christian reichel made his nhl debut and really CJ- cool
1: for reichel to mm-hmm. do that this is an undrafted player that i remember when he signed and i believe he's the son of robert reichel if i'm he not is. mistaken um you know he was a guy that wasn't drafted you know got a chance to to crack the Moose lineup they signed him to a Moose deal then he earned a two-way deal and uh You know, with the injuries that had happened, got his chance to make his NHL debut, played what, four or five minutes last night, along with CJ Cease on that fourth line. Um, So credit to him. Those are always great stories of guys that have been overlooked that managed to get to the NHL. And who knows whether he ever plays another game, but no one will ever be able to take that away from him. Uh, But last night's game or yesterday afternoon's game wasn't about the guys filling in on the fourth line. It was about the guys in that top line, really the top the, the top three lines. I mean, I think that Adam Lowry being reunited with Andrew Kopp is a completely different look on that third line. Um, but let's face it, it had been a rough run for Mark Shifley. I think he was minus four on Friday night. Um, for Scheife to score after the gajillion chances he's had lately to actually get one behind the goaltender and to be a part of a line, including Nikolai Ehlers and Paul Stastny, that exploded the way they did. Um, That was the Christmas gift that 55 was looking for, I'll tell you that. And um, that was a great start for that line under Dave Lowry. I'll tell you what, they didn't get on the board, but, I mean, Pierre-Luc Dubois was everywhere. Kyle Connor was looking good last night. And a very simple change on the power play sure, sure changed things, didn't it, Remus? I mean, swapping over Shifley and Connor so they're on the ability to take passes for one-timers as opposed to the way it was set up seemed like such a simple and obvious tweak um but i think it paid dividends yesterday i mean just the power play looked completely different with that small change yesterday
2: yeah i really like um you know what they've done or what uh, they've done with the line so far i think you're going with pairs cop lowry on the third line dubois connor and shifley Ealers is the other pair nice to see christian vessel um, you know, get to go up in the lineup and play with some skilled players. He's kind of been, you know, stuck uh, at the bottom. Uh, Stasny Strafe, the Eagles looking pretty good. In, but even though they didn't uh, get on the board like the other line, uh, Dubois and Connor uh, looking very strong. And the problem for the Jets is, I mean, they haven't had all the lines going at once. It's usually one of those, you know, yes. top three lines going or none, which it was during their, their losing streak. Um, so I think this will, you know, I think it's a big boost, and you know we talk about Andrew Copp being on the third line. Well, because he plays, you know, power play and penalty kill, I mean, he's still up there among the forward minutes—twenty, uh, almost twenty-one minutes, twenty fifty-nine—which is among the forward leaders. So I think ice time will be there because he is such a big part of the PK and uh, power play as well. And as far as you know, going on the power play, I mean, I never understood. Um, why Kyle Connor hasn't been on that? Uh, wasn't on that right side there, ripping one-timers all year. Swap him and Schaeffly. You know they're each ready. Uh, for quick shots, they can set each other up. It seemed to make too much sense, and that and um that was a logical change. And there they were yesterday. Huss special teams? One for three on the power play, and uh, three for three on the penalty kill. So that was a positive for the Jets in yesterday's win.
1: Well, and the biggest shock of the entire weekend, without a doubt, Remus, has to be the fact that Alex Ovechkin did not yes. score on the power play on Friday night and set the record. I thought the hit PK the post. was good. You know, there was a bunch of things, actually, that I think were positive coming out of Friday's game, even though it was very weird coming into the game. And I had a couple friends that were actually inside the game before I got in and said, guys, I'm watching warm up. It looks like a funeral in here. Uh, and we were really wondering what we were going to get from the Jets that night. And, uh, you know, I think there was some good things. But it was obviously still wearing, uh, weighing heavily on all of them. What had happened earlier in the day, Washington was a good team, although they were down their first, their top two centers. I mean, that was a very winnable hockey game. Um, but we got to practice in, got back at it yesterday and uh, got a chance to see Jordan Bennington come unhinged, as he often does, and most importantly, get two points coming into this break. We'll get to all of it coming up in just a second with Jeff Hamilton. Um, I do want to thank our friends at F Apparel for jumping on board as sponsors of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Great to have Andrew and the team on with us. Of course, F Apparel is the spot in Winnipeg for affordable, custom-made suits for men. A full line of custom clothing, including shirts, suits, dress shirts, winter jackets, chinos, golf pants, untucked dress shirts, and more. Um, Bottom line is every guy needs at least one suit that fits and looks great. Fingers crossed we'll actually be able to um, use them in 2022. Uh, But whether it's weddings, whether it is uh, grads, they are the place to go. And, um, man, they can really do up some really, really cool-looking ones, as we saw Willie Jefferson wearing an F apparel gear out at the uh, Player Awards last week. And, hey, heading into the holidays right up until the weekend, Online gift certs are 15% off. So you can buy a $200 gift card for only $170. Find out more over at F Apparel, that's EPH Apparel, or visit them at 190 Smith Street, downtown. Uh, Getting ready for Christmas dinner. Our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market not only have some great gift ideas and stocking stuffers, They've also got all of the organic, plant-based, gluten-free, and natural holiday fixings too. Stuffing, cranberry sauce, baking supplies, peppermint-flavored, marshmallows, eggnog, chocolate, and more. And of course, Vita Health is stocked with Winnipeg's best selection of local, organic, and natural groceries, supplements, beauty products, all at great prices. And you can order your fresh, local, free roaming turkey from Vita Health, 386 per pound. Order in store. Oh, the deadline was yesterday. Well, you might be able to give them a call today and see if they can get you a last minute organic turkey in. But uh, it's the place to be. So many things waiting for you at Vita Health, especially to try to get healthy going into 2022. Seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge and online at myvita.com. And uh, one thing, death taxes, you need to drink your water. Um, Our friends at Culligan Water are the water experts and have been in southern Manitoba for 65 years, family owned, over at 1200 Sergeant Avenue. They've got it all. Water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems and drinking water systems and citywide water delivery services, not to mention commercial and industrial water products and solutions. Great December promo. Culligan Water, 9 dollars a month for the first three months, or you can give the gift of Culligan Water for $9.99 for the first three months. Give them a call, 694-5180, or hit them up online at drinkculligan.com. All right, it's Hammer time. Uh, let's welcome in from the Winnipeg Free Press, our good friend, Jeff Hamilton. Hammer, best of the season to you. I've got a warm... Seasons greetings, background for you, and uh, I see you've got a little bit of a tree in the background as well. Everyone ready for uh, for the for the weekend and Santa?
3: Yeah, I noticed your background, and I just had to prop up my uh, my Charlie Brown Christmas tree uh, behind me. I, I've I've have a week off here. Actually, I have almost two weeks off. I don't go back to I don't go back to work until the Jets go back to work on the twenty seventh. So um, I'm spending a little bit this week. I'm late for sure, but I'm going to get a little bit more, more more Christmas spirit in
1: here for the holiday season. Well, you know what? Step it up like I did. Grab a picture off the internet and throw yeah. it in the back. It's, that's, imaging, it's a great way of doing Christmas it. Christmas
3: background. Wow, I could have <laughs>
1: probably done that too. Um, you know, listen, there's so much to get to, but uh, I don't want to sort of bury the lead. I mean, it's pretty hard not to start our conversation going back to Friday morning. Um, <laughs> fill us in. Now, how, did you, how did you get the news? And what was your reaction when you heard that Paul Maurice was resigning as head coach of the Winnipeg Jets?
3: Well, I got the news... Probably when everybody else got the news, and that um, you know, until it was posted, I I had no idea, um, I had no inkling, I had no feeling that that this move was happening. I actually first found out my uh, my brother sent uh, sent me a message in our in my siblings' group chat, and I thought it was a joke. Like I thought it was I thought someone doctored the, uh, a press release. Um, that Paul Maurice was resigning and, and stepping down. And so I wasn't able to make it. I was off. I wasn't able to make it down there, um, you know, to hear his kind of, I, I obviously watched his his final comments and stuff, but I wasn't in the room for it. Um, I think my first feeling was, I don't know, like I felt like it was almost kind of overdue a little bit in the sense that, you know, this has kind of been going on for a, a little bit. I was certainly surprised, not surprised that he, you know, the way in which he decided to leave. I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm still one, part of that group where I'm not buying this whole, like, yeah, thanks so much. I've done, you know, everything I could for this team. It's been such a great, you know, opportunity here. And, you know, I, I think a, a better man can, you know, take over. I think there's elements of truth to that. I'm sure this was something that was talked about for weeks, you know, a potential exit plan. I'm sure there was some frustration from Paul Maurice and his inability to get his message across, and and I think there is an element of self awareness in in his uh you know to him that would lead to a decision like this. It's just one of those things where you know I think the reality is the Jets didn't want to get rid of him. I think I de- I mean I don't think that they weren't on board um for him you know for a new voice and stuff like that. I just think you know when they went into this season they I don't believe for a second they felt like come December. Um, you know, mid-December, they would be looking at a coaching change because the only way they'd be looking at a coaching change is if they were on the outside looking in. And what we've seen from them the last few weeks, that's exactly where they've been, you know, chasing a playoff spot despite having a, you know, a roster that's right up to the salary cap, high expectations, all those things. I just don't think, I just don't believe it's a, you know, a big kumbaya, thanks very much for everything, you know, wish you guys the best. I think this is one of those things where this is the only way it's going to happen. And I don't know if... Not firing your GM, you know, six weeks before over an incident has anything to do with not firing a head coach for not playing well at hockey. Um, I'm not saying those two things are necessarily linked. It's just obviously things weren't being, expectations weren't being reached. Um, the players weren't, you know, despite having the roster they have, weren't playing up to their potential. And, you know, whether it's Paul Maurice walking away or, or the Jets firing them, I think, uh, you, know, you know, the time was right to, to bring in a new voice and, and try to salvage what's left of this season.
1: Yeah, listen, it's semantics. And I think Paul Maurice um had earned an incredible amount of goodwill within that building, within I mean, he was as if you want to talk about general manager coach relationships in the league, I mean, they were as close to on the same level I think as you would have found in in the NHL. And um but it was clear listening to shovel Dayoff. I mean, this wasn't like they were blindsided by this coming in. I mean, both of them had mentioned they had had conversations like this before, because we all know eight years is a long time. And I think all of us, I mean, we had this conversation, I had the same one with Marat and some of the, certainly with Ken coming into this year, Jeff, that all the, the things that we talked about that were holding the team back, Um, you know many of those things had been taken care of in the summer at least on paper you know the defense Oh, the defense was the Achilles heel well they went and added 10 million dollars to the salary cap by bringing in Brendan Dillon and Nate Schmidt Uh, it was time to go and win games the thing that's so stunning to me about it though is is that like one month ago this team was in first place was nine three and three coming off those two games against Edmonton which for my money were two of the best top-to-bottom performances by this hockey team we'd seen in a long, long time. I mean, I I remember Maurice talking about how fired up he was after that game, even though they lost in a shootout in the second game. And I have to admit, my conversations with people around that, you know, are very emotionally invested in the team, I mean, there was an incredible amount of excitement to go toe-to-toe with the team that wasn't first in the West at that time to play that way. Which made some of these other games, especially on home ice over the past month, that's much more shocking. The lack of energy, um, you know, in some of the games, even that they were controlling, like the Arizona game and at times the Buffalo game, the results weren't there. And, um, you know, for it, to, for it to end the way it did and the timing of it being on a game day, I think might have been the most surprising. But you sort of wonder what was happening behind the scenes in those last couple of days in between the loss against Buffalo on Tuesday and the announcement on Friday morning. And it made me go back and sort of look back at what Maurice has said, you know, after practices, those couple days. And it was obviously there was a lot of things going on, but I think it, it does speak to the fact that, you know, unfortunately, I think they all realized that this was the best move forward for all parties involved to try to salvage this season. Um, because there's heavy, heavy expectations this year. This is a cap team right now. I mean, they've got uh, a lot invested in making something happen this year and with the way things were going. So, I mean, to give him the opportunity to go out like that in a very classy way, I mean, uh, listen, you you want to write a book on how to leave a hockey club. I mean, like, look at that as exhibit A. Um, The bottom line is not a lot of people in the hockey world have as much stroke as Paul Maurice had here in Winnipeg and are afforded that opportunity but the bottom line is the decisions made moving on and uh, man, did that team need that win yesterday going into uh, a holiday break. That's coming earlier than expected.
3: Yeah, certainly lots to unpack there. I think, you know, the the timing was interesting. You had days in between, you know, I think it, I think it was, you know, it's not usual to dump it on players who were clearly surprised um, by the move on the day of a game. And and I'm not surprised that they kind of came out flat against Washington and, um, lost that game, certainly a good rebound game against St. Louis. And you're right, huss. I mean, you have this long break. I mean, you put together another dud. You're going into the Christmas holiday, you know, on a lowest of lows. you you know, you ultimately, it's the it's the, essentially the play of the of the players that leads to the, you know, the destiny of the coach. So you know that some of them are wearing. Um, you know, Paul Maurice's exit, if you will. And and there's also the, the the fact that I'm sure there's some players that are fine with it. I'm sure there's some players that feel like their opportunities are going to grow from this. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what the answer is, you know, following, uh, you know, w- once we get back to, to playing and all that. But um, there's certainly, you know, Paul Maurice left a, you know, ha- he's an era. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, he came in here. I mean, you can certainly left with class. I mean, as a media member, obviously there's a lot of appreciation for, you know, the time and, Answers he gave. I mean, I already miss him. I I already miss him. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He's, you know, there's there's debates on whether he's a a good coach or not. I mean, there's you can certainly see both sides. I thought that. Paul Maurice evolved over time and, and how he handled younger players. Now, I certainly think there's an argument to be made there about loyalty and, you know, certain loyalty to certain players and, and you know, who had longer leashes and all those things for sure. Um, but what you can't really de- debate is that Paul Maurice was a good human being. And, and, you know, whether that, you know, made him a better quote or whatever, you know, he, he, he was certainly a great person. And, you know, and, and I'll just touch on one other thing about, you know, his exit yeah, of course he was appreciative. I mean, not a lot of coaches get eight seasons to figure things out, you know. It wasn't like the Jets were world beaters for all those years. They had one good run, um, you know, and and he was able to, I don't know if, if excuses is the right word or whatever, but he was able to get longer leashes based on, you know, events that happened where I don't think, Organizations or some organizations, at least in the NHL, would have cared that Bust, you know, Dustin Bufflin just left, right? Or, or that they, you know, battled injuries and all those things. I mean, they want it's a results-driven uh, business, and so maybe that does add a little bit more legitimacy to to Paul Maurice's exit in the sense that he understands he had a really, really good opportunity to do something here, right? I mean, if you you know, eight seasons is a long time as a coach, and as we all know, you know, prior to his leaving this team, he was the second longest tenured coach in the NHL behind John Cooper, who has, you know, multiple Stanley Cups with the Tampa Bay Lightning. So certainly he's appreciative. And, you know, maybe there is a maybe there is some validity to acknowledging that, you know, you're not getting the best out of these players that, you, that no matter what you do, because we can't say Paul Maurice didn't try in, in some respects. I mean, he was juggling the lineup seemingly every every second game. And again, I think there was a bit of a downfall to his loyalty to some players and, you know, certainly led to maybe some resentment in the room for not, you know, getting opportunities. That's just a natural competitive thing. But all in all, I mean, it's going to go down as a mostly unsuccessful tenure in Winnipeg because we are a results-driven, uh, you know, league. But at the same time, I mean, I think he brought a lot of credibility to the organization as well, and certainly a lot of a lot of respect for the position he held.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, listen, there's only one team that wins the Cup every year. I mean, I guess if that is your... You know, if there's 31 teams are losers and one team wins, then yeah, mm-hmm. I guess that they weren't successful. But I think when we look back, especially taking a step forward, looking at the the players that many of these young guys that have only played under Paul Maurice, what they've turned into, um, you know, getting into the playoffs, what, I guess, four or five, if you want to call the play-in thing in that weird bubble year um, there. And then, of course, a run to the cup final. And, I mean, I still think that, or the, uh, the Western Conference final, and I still think it was the it, what what stood out to me jeff uh was the fact that they said that some of these conversations dated back to last summer and you know the excitement and the achievement of beating the edmonton Oilers the way they did in four straight to be followed up with the four game exit with the montreal canadians and i know a lot of people will talk to the shifley suspension as a big part of that mm-hmm. but i mean the minute that happened this team was done and there weren't any answers and You know, I mean, I think this team is good enough that you should be able to take a player like Mark Shifley out as much as that's a devastating blow and have other guys kind of step up and see that. And, you know, part of it was where Dubois was in. I mean, if that happens right now, I think it's probably a different story with the way that he's playing and how important that center position is. But it was clear that that one had a lot of scar tissue through the offseason. And then the one thing that I wasn't really expecting, but I did appreciate hearing from the coach. Was him talking about i mean with all that experience just how difficult this past year plus had been and i'll be honest that's not something that i really think about i mean we're all dealing with this in a different way and you know now i'm doing the show from from here instead of being down at a studio and there's obviously been a lot of changes um but i think it it was important for him to say that and i think it's important for kind of people to realize that the context of what everyone is going through I, i'm not sure that there's any industry Um, well, there's a few that have been, you know, where your day-to-day life has been so impacted with what you have to do just to be able to show up at work. And it was obvious that um, that that had taken a toll on the head coach as well.
3: You know, and and, and I'm not making light of this, but like by the end of it, I mean, the bags under Paul Maurice's eyes were heavy. I mean, this guy, you, you can't say he didn't try. I mean, this guy looked at certain points where he, Look looked like he didn't sleep. Well, he certainly and,
1: cared. I mean, you and, could tell. And and yeah, he there's it.
3: absolutely no doubt about it. And there is an element to that. I mean, we don't know what's going on in, in Paul Maurice's personal life and, and, you know, the energy exerted over the last, you know, two very challenging seasons here with COVID restrictions and all that. And, um, you know, and I think maybe you know, it wasn't, you know, I, I have a hard time, you know, I have empathy certainly for the situation. I mean, he's also a million dollar, you know, multi-million dollar a year paid coach. So it's not like, you know, struggles haven't been hard for everyone. Um, But maybe there was a bit of reflection in, in that maybe he just needs a break. You know what I mean? Like the, this is obviously a, um, you know, a market where the fans are extremely passionate. They care. I mean, they like to put on this brave face that they don't read things or don't go on twitter and you know you know read up <laughs> on what fans are suggesting but i mean i'll remind i'll remind you and others here that You know, early early in training camp, I mean, uh, an off-the-cuff comment by Paul Maurice included how he handles younger players. I mean, that that's been a a narrative, you know, which is you know certainly has its truth to it, but it's been driven by passionate fans who want to see this team do better. So, you know, maybe a lot of that, maybe it's the market. You know, maybe it's uh, other opportunity. Maybe it's you know a break from this. Who knows? You know, I mean, certainly it wouldn't have been an easy decision. You know, as as. Kevin Shevledyoff said the the exit included being quote unquote taken care of so it's not like Paul Maurice just walked away from a bunch of money um, you know it's just you know i think it, it his time came and and at the end of the day i think there was heavy 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 expectations um expectations that paul maurice knew he wasn't meeting as, as the head coach here and certainly that falls on the players as well but as we've as we've said a thousand times and we'll say a thousand times more um you can't fire the players you can't get rid of the players it's not it's not as easy um and the change you usually make is at the top and in this case you know paul maurice moves on and we'll see what dave lowry can do and, and and see what happens and how this position evolves over the weeks and and months.
1: Well, let's get to that. Um, You know, it was interesting that Dave Lowry came in, and I know a lot of people were talking about what happened in Vancouver. I mean, they cleaned house. I mean, they moved out everybody and brought in Bruce Bruce Boudreaux, an outside voice, and here you go, Bruce, um, figure it out. And, you know, obviously they've had this great start under Bruce to start it off. This is bringing in a guy that was already in the dressing room for the last couple years. Um, Mm -hmm. A different voice, Yes. Um, what do you make of the challenges for Dave Lowry? And, I mean, let's just assume we're talking within the window of this year. No guarantees of anything beyond this season, but a huge opportunity for him you know, to come in and make a big change and maybe establish him as the guy that should be the guy going forward. But, I mean, if you're Dave Lowry or looking at this situation for Lowry going in as head coach, um, where do you start? And, uh, and who are the players that you think maybe stand to, to benefit the most from this change?
3: Yeah, you know, it's, it's I, I think Dave Lowry's in... I don't know if I want to cl- you know, classify it as an impossible situation, but it's certainly not an easy one. Um, I don't think they're looking to change course. Like, I don't think it's the time for Dave Lowry to put his fingerprints on I'm not saying he shouldn't. I just don't think he's entered a situation that's going to allow that. And And, you know, I don't know what Dave Lowry's future is with Winnipeg. I think it's a bit odd that your son's on the team. I don't know when the last time that's happened that I just think that's a that's an interesting wrinkle in all this um but yeah I mean it'll be interesting like I honestly feel like if you're asking me my opinion which clearly you are I think he needs to be like Rick Bonas in and in, in Dallas in 1920 and take the team to the Stanley Cup finals to get another ticket I just I feel like this is kind of the interim tech I, I I'm suggesting that Dave Lowry stays on as assistant coach possibly um, you know, in his position. I mean, Charlie Huddy has been around for now three coaches and will likely be around for another coach. And so maybe it's, you know, I, but, but then again, you know, <laughs> the team
1: it, could leave. But Charlie Huddy will
3: still be on the bench. <laughs> yeah, yeah, at, yeah, at yeah, Canada just, life center show up for games. Totally, like what's up? <laughs> collect, get his paycheck and you know, whatever. And I mean, Charlie, Huddy's done good things for this team. It's just, I laugh because it's just an interesting dynamic that not a lot of assistant coaches survive. And this guy's been here from the beginning. That's, you know, good for him. I mean, there's some credit to that for sure. I, what they will do and what I think they should do, I think don't align. I think what they will do is they'll look for a guy like Pascal in, in, you know, like to bring him back and get Vincent behind the bench. And cause he's got the relationship. I think the most important thing for this true North organization is that they find a head coach that is aligned with, with Kevin Chevalier off and Mark Chipman. I think that's exactly what they're looking for. I think that's why Paul Maurice was here for eight years. Um, I think they feel like they know what they're doing and, Don't want to, you know, hand over the power to somebody else. Whereas I think they need someone to come in and be like, this is your problem. This is what, you know, this is what I would do. This is my vision. And they need to bring in somebody who they think is smarter than them. And I don't know what the odds of that is. And, you know, I don't know who the person is, you know, whether it's a, you know, Barry Trotz, who's still very much employed today, or if it would have been a, said,
1: a, That being said, the Islanders are 8, 12, and 6. And I'm sure I'm not the only person with emotional attachment to the Jets that hopes that they lose every single time they play right now. And Barry Trotz might be potentially available at the end of this season.
3: Well, and that's the thing. Like I I you know, like that seems very unlikely. I mean, yes, the Islanders are not playing well. Barry Trotz is a proven coach. I don't think it's his coaching. I think they've had, had to deal with a lot of things. So, we'll see what happens there. But I just I, you know, I just feel like this is what, you know, what this what does this season look like? What are the expectations? Kevin Shevlevdayoff said in his interview after, you know, Paul Maurice spoke, was that this is a team that's capable of winning the Stanley Cup. So, the expectations didn't you know and they shouldn't lower um but i'm just suggesting that you know so what result of this season will lead to carrying over you know a dave lowry and being you know because we all know that interim coaches if they can prove they can do the job, we'll, we'll usually get a year, you know, and Dave Lowry is not the kind of guy, and maybe I'm speaking for him here, but he's not a guy you got to hand three year contracts to, you know, like I don't think, I think he'd be a guy that would sign on for another year or whatever, but is that what you want to be doing in Winnipeg? So I think there's a lot of things you need to consider as far as obviously candidates, um, you know, what, what kind of, what kind of, stamp you want to put on the dressing room let's be let's be honest here you can't have another coach come in and just hand the keys to Blake Wheeler like it's just you know Blake Wheeler's going to be coming back off a very serious knee injury and you know we've seen him play well but he's the voice and leader of the team is it now an opportunity to pass the torch give it to somebody else create a new environment because I you know you even heard Kevin Chevalier say it, like someone needs to be tough on this team this isn't a team that needs like a, a Mike Keenan to come in and be an old school coach and be you know bossy and whatever but they need a guy who I think has been in the war and by that I mean a former player or somebody who is so well-respected in hockey circles that when, you know, when they come in and talk and when they, if, if they want to make big changes, you know, they're respected enough, obviously from their bosses, but maybe more importantly from the players to instill something different. to, to They have that
1: difference. guy. They, in my opinion, they have that guy, and he's working for them right now. And that's Mike Keane i i i'll all and and again maybe keener is just you know he's likes what he's doing right now um and he likes working with the young players and it works for him and his family and where he's at right now but what you just described jeff hamilton i mean that is mike keen i mean multiple cops captain everywhere he went i mean one of the most respected captains we've ever had in hockey Mm -hmm. he's from winnipeg he's tied with the organization um, I, I'll tell you what, I'll throw that out there right now. If they do believe that and Shevelday, have said that they might add another assistant coach. Might I suggest that the best guy for that job with what you just mentioned that, you know, could really, I think have that accountability and have those conversations as a guy with unimpeachable respect is Mike Keane, who works for True North Entertainment right now.
0: I lose you there for a minute?
3: Yeah, no, I'm here. I'm here. Sorry, it kind of went off for a second there. But no, I, I'm with you in the sense that like I think I think he'd be good. Um, you know, I I don't know if he's got the experience, obviously, to to lead a room. I think he certainly would have the respect. There's no doubt By about that. By the way,
1: that. I'm suggesting as an assistant coach right okay, now. Okay,
3: yeah, yeah. I mean, sure, certainly. I mean, he's 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 been in player development. I, you know, I don't know Mike Keane on a personal basis, but what I can tell you about him is that he's got, you know, businesses outside of the hockey world that I think, you know, becoming a committed full-time head coach and the time and stuff that that requires i don't even know if he'd necessarily want it but i do think he falls into that category of you know somebody who you know would be listened to and respected and i think that's kind of where you're moving with with pro sports is you kind of want to go to battle for somebody who has been there and done that and so you know what what, how exactly that looks i look at a guy like craig berube you know what I mean? Who who would be a great, you know, obviously is is employed and, and isn't available, but somebody like him, I think, would be, you know, where you have a little bit of that edge, you get a little bit of, you know, that certainly that respect of having, you know, been there, done that, and then being able to prove that you can, you can be a coach, right? Because not every player can transition into to a coach or or you know whatever right so i i do think it's an interesting situation for them i think it's one that the jets won't won't rush hastily into i don't think you know they're looking necessarily doing interviews right away obviously if the right candidate comes along and and somebody that they've been eyeballing there's there's just i just look at you know and i can't even give you a full list of guys that are available that I feel you need to come into this locker room and shake things up. Now, I'm not suggesting you need to blow things up. I just think you need to put a little bit of a different, maybe a more strict environment in, respectful environment. You know, again, I'm not trying to, you know, go back in time and and be, a you know, bring in a hard-ass coach that's just going to, you know, start yelling and stuff. But I do think you need to be a bit tougher. I think you need to have a vision for this team, one that, you know, looks towards the younger players and, and you know, establishing them as a new leadership group. I mean, we've had... Uh, this team's kind of had had has been led by Blake uh, Wheeler, and it, you know have done he's done some incredible things as the leadership group. But I think there needs to be some more voices in there, some more people that are kind of leading the pack. And and you know whether this is the opportunity now or if you look towards next season. When I say look towards next season, I'm not saying you know they're going to give up on this season. I'm just talking about bringing in a big move. We know that that is not an easy decision for this organization. They've only ever had two head coaches, and I'd argue Claude Noel was kind of a you know sacrificial lamb, if you will, I think he was hired to be fired. All coaches are hired to be fired, obviously, but just given the makeup of this team, I think they hired him to get a process so that if they brought a guy in, that it would take a bit of time that they could bring in someone like Paul Maurice. And now they're in a situation where they need to replace Paul Maurice and, um, I just think you can't get it wrong. I don't know if if you have the luxury here to give a new guy a head coaching job. I'm, again, I'm not saying you got to go old school or whatever, but well, here's the better be yeah. You better you get in the right guy because you don't really you know this it, team it is was,
1: like this team likes to be loyal, so you better be loyal to the right one. It was funny that they were playing St. Louis yesterday, and Dave Lowry got his first win against St. Louis. Uh, and James Robinson, the uh, the WST chatter, not the Jags running back, just mentions. That aren't Baruby and Lowry basically the same person, like long time NHL players with a huge track record as a player, you know, working, you know, coaching. The the one difference was Baruby had two years earlier with Philly and then took over. I believe it was Mike Yo that got fired. Um, but he came in as a you know, coming in as an interim coach. He yeah. was still the interim coach when they were parading around St. Louis and Brett Hull was all smash going, uh, we want blues or whatever. I mean, that was how that one ended. So, I mean, I think we, um, listen, I think there's a huge opportunity for Dave Lowry going forward right now. And I mean, if things can go really well, he puts himself to the top of that list. They obviously know the man. They were comfortable with him getting the opportunity. Uh, But I do think, and, and just quickly, you mentioned Blake Wheeler. He is the captain of this club. Um, you know, Mark Shifley and he and Paul Maurice, we've always had this conversation that it was sort of all about those guys. And that was a real bone of contention when those guys weren't going uh, at times. Um, it will be fascinating to see how things work with this team when Blake Wheeler does come back, come off of LTIR. And that could be, you know, some weeks down the road. I mean, this could be a very different situation by the time Wheeler comes back and how a new coach. Um, even the one that's been with the club for the last couple of years and have been involved in the decision-making and in the room handles that to me is going to be uh, one of the most interesting things to, uh, to look at and certainly to talk about here on Winnipeg sports talk. Jeff Hamilton's with us from the Winnipeg free press hammer before we go uh, quickly on the blue bombers, uh, a great party last week. Um, you know, the celebration has been rolling for both the team, the players and the fans over the course of the past week, but now it's time to get down to business and much like after 2019, Kyle Walters has quite a bit of business to conduct, doesn't he?
3: Well, you know what? I find it funny. I just want to make one last comment on Dave Lowry. I'm not ruling out Dave Lowry as a future coach in this team. And obviously he has the resume and all those things kind of characteristics that we that we were talking about. Uh, I was talking about as, as kind of being the next coach. It's just, he's kind of been here already. So like, you know, if he is he going to be able to be own this, maybe we'll see. And I, I think he's going to get the opportunity. So best of luck to him on, on the rest of the season. Um, the bombers uh you know what i feel like every time this time of year we go wow there's so many free agents like it's been like this for a decade and particularly over the last few years when you know even like this argument over like one year contract every single contract in the cfl is one year you have to prove your worth every single year there is doesn't matter if they eliminate one-year deals um you know the players yeah, fought for that. Let's be cut. clear about it. <laughs> guys just get cut, if you, and the worst is the high, the higher paycheck you have, <laughs> the harder it is to come back because you you don't even you you can't just play up to your salary. You got to play up to better than your salary to warrant a lower salary the next season. So like this is just like you know this is the situation that every GM faces. But I will say there's a distinct difference. <laughs> there is a lot of more people, you know, and I'd say Hamilton's a similar city or a similar team where you have a large chunk of your players that want to come back. I don't, you know, like you look at teams, you looked at Calgary, right? Calgary, you know, we saw them be, you know, borderline dynasty over the last 10 seasons and and, and they've left, you know, they lose key guys and, you know, whatever. Those guys are making very little money to then making massive money. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's usually like a significant bump. What what, what I would argue with the Bombers is a lot of their leadership core. Now, there's going to be some very interesting signings. Obviously, Adam Big Hill is not going to be wanting to take half his paycheck after winning defense. You know, Moso signed Defensive Player of the Year on the best defense by far in the in the CFL. Um, But I do think there's a massive appetite um, for this for this team to return. And dare I suggest we were talking about this weeks ago to go back to back to back. I really think there's an appetite and I think this goal, the bombers will never admit it, but I think this has been a mission since the you know middle of this season, understanding just how important, um, you know, or just how skilled and talented this team is. And, and, you know, whether that's Zach Claris who's going to be up for a, a new deal. And by all, by all means, after winning MOP of not only the, you know, the season, but the, the, the gray cup game, which I know is a bit of a contested debate. Um, I didn't vote, but um, at the same time, you know, he's not going to take, you know, Mike, Ro- Michael Riley money. He isn't going to come in off season, and ask for $750,000. He is going to take a team friendly deal. Now it's probably going to be more than he made last season, but not significantly more. And I think you're going to see a lot of that with a lot of players because the reality is, you know, this whole grass is greener, you know, grass isn't always greener on the other side is is, is certainly true in the CFL. And and so the other things you consider where it's, a, you know, this is the daily life, you know, life to life, whether that's, Housing costs, whether that's just cost of living, you know, what do the teams provide you? We know that the bombers provide have great facilities, obviously a great stadium, a loyal fan base, opportunities to go out in the community. There's there's teams in the CFL that if you're a community-driven guy, yeah, you can get involved in the community. It's just not cared about as much. So like Winnipeg has that. Um there's so many positive things about what the bombers have been able to build over the last few seasons that we're no longer in that that era where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, do I have to go to Winnipeg? Everyone wants to go to Winnipeg. So to me, and you saw it again after the canceled season, right, after those those contracts became void, I mean, there was arguments to be made and certainly were valid that players were going to just throw their arms up and say, screw you, and, you know, this this is a, you know, careers aren't long. I'm just going to go to whoever's going to give me the highest paid. No, you had a lot of agents calling immediately after and being like, can you sign us? Can we come back? And I think that's going to be a situation you know, for the Bombers, are they going to bring back everybody? Absolutely not. Um, but if, you know, continue to find guys like DeAndre Alford and D- Dietrich Nichols and, and you know, rely on a scouting staff to bring in key players, you're going to be just fine. But if you can bring in, you know, the O-line, which is going to be a massive piece of the puzzle, that will be interesting. I think guy like Drew Desjardins, you know, for those who don't know him, you know, a young guard, uh, uh, you know, obviously an early draft pick a few years ago for the Bombers. He's got potential to go to the NFL. I, I, you know, guys are saying he might be the best, one of the best, if not the best O linemen You know, certainly almost underrated O linemen in the league. You're going to have other guys like Alford and Nichols too that were pro- are, are going to get shots. Two guys in their rookie seasons in the CFL became CFL All Stars. They're going to get NFL interest. Um, the only guy, you know, there's going to be a, there's going to be difficulty signing everybody. But the guy that I kind of look to that I think might be the guy that doesn't come back is Jackson Jeffcoat. I just seen like he falls into the category, not selfish. But just a guy who's been able to establish himself. He's been with the Bombers for four seasons. I think there's going to be a massive appetite for him, you know, in, in the free agency. I think he's again. I'm not going to say everyone has ego in professional sports. I think he wants to get what he deserves. He's probably been slightly underpaid, maybe even undervalued, you know, being in Winnipeg, playing on a you know opposite ends of a guy like Willie Jefferson. Sure. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be impossible in a lot of ways. But don't be surprised if a lot of the 2021 teams back for next season.
1: Hammer, great stuff as always. Uh, all the best to you and the family uh, over the uh, next week or so. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to talk next week about actual games happening at uh, Canada Life Centre and the Jets getting back on the ice. Thanks for, all, uh, for everything and uh, have a good one. Uh, thanks a lot, my man. Happy holidays to you. Happy holidays to all the, uh, you know, the listeners out there
3: and the commenters. We know that they run the show here. So I uh, let me get back to uh, jazzing up my 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 place with a little more Christmas stuff because I feel like I can just feel it. I haven't seen it, but I can feel the comments are probably just bashing me for what uh, seems step to be a up. pretty bare thing. So, step, yeah, it step it up. up. Well, the minute it I rolled in I love with it, this beautiful, it, and I'll try beautiful to this heart fire
1: and Christmas tree in the background, <laughs> <laughs> the bar was set pretty high. All right, dude, thanks beautiful. again. Hey. Thanks a lot, guys. All right, uh, great stuff with Hammer de Penata from the fourth period coming up in just a second. Uh, hey, last minute Christmas gifts. You're probably thinking, like, what the hell am I gonna do? I'll tell you what, talking to Donnie and the gang over at Manitoba Battery. Um, how about this last minute Christmas shopping? Give your loved one a gift that will keep them safe and running and save you from having to drive to your loved one's rescue when their car won't start and it's minus 30. Right now, Manitoba Battery has heavy grade 20 foot five hundred amp booster cables on for only 69.50 when you pick them up, and of course, everything and anything for vehicle batteries, they are the place to be. And they'll also test your battery free if you pop in to see them over at 1026 Logan Avenue. Of course, they've got the lowest price in town on all vehicle batteries starting at 89 50 Don't waste your time at Costco or any of the big box stores. Shop local, pop over and see them, manitobabattery.com, 1026 Logan, or you can give them a call at 783 783- Eighty seven, eighty seven. Uh, crazy weekend over Royal Sports. That Bomber Championship gear is flying out the door, uh, but they had a ton of it come in. So there's still plenty of it on the shelves. So you can get that for stocking stuffers and gifts for the Bomber fan in your family. Not to mention the biggest selection of Jets merch around and so much more. Not to mention they are the hockey superstore for over 35 years. Lots of snowboard stuff too. And all the cool stuff on the Kings skate, snow and surf side of things. Check them out on Insta at Royal Sports Pembina for some more great gift ideas and get down to 750 Pembina before the weekend to make sure you get all your Blue Bomber championship gear. And a uh, a big shout out to our friends over at Not Auto Corp. Uh, pop down and see them at Waverly and McGilvery. Check out all the amazing stock they've got, including about 30 different Teslas available right now. They've been the Tesla leader in Winnipeg for over seven years. Uh, The Winnipeg Car Lab is open as well. They've got detailing packages. I mean, all these sorts of things. Uh, But at the bottom line is, if you're looking for a new vehicle before you do anything, why not get into the Car of Your Dreams at a great price with the help of the Knot team, Waverly and McGillivray, and online at knot.ca. All right, man, there is so much going on in and around the world of hockey. Um, you know, here, the bomb dropped Friday morning. We've been focused in on the Jets and Poach Paul Maurice, but there's things happening with the NHL, the Olympics, the Spengler Cup, the World Junior, and a hit on all of that. It's a pleasure to welcome in Dave Pagnotta of the fourth period. And uh, I got a chance to chat with the guys on uh, Saturday morning on this series, XM as well, with everything happening here in Winnipeg. Dave, what's going on? Thanks for doing this.
0: Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a, Hectic week, uh, hectic few days in, in uh, Jets Nation, I guess, and just across the NHL with everything kind of going on right now.
1: Hey, well, let's start off quickly on the Jets. I mean, I know you guys were talking about it on the uh, the program that I jumped on with you. Um, what was your reaction, uh, you know, Friday morning when you found out that Paul Maurice was stepping aside, resigning as head coach of the Winnipeg Jets? And uh, I know you're quite connected, talking to a lot of people around the league. But, uh, what were you hearing about the way things went down in the peg heading into the weekend with their head coaching vacancy?
0: Yeah, I, still a lot of um, surprise that that was the route that Paul Maurice decided to go. Um, surprise in the sense that it that it actually happened, not that he was going to go through with this and 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 actually resign. But um, the fact that he that he that was a decision that he ultimately made himself. Uh, look, we know, and, and Chevy mentioned this that you know if things weren't continuing to trend in the right direction, that he may have had to make a decision at some point. Uh, but the fact that this was paul's choice, his decision uh and and feeling that this was the right thing to do for him and for the organization um you know props to him for doing that he's getting a lot of it around the league, but that was just the initial surprise that he actually went in that direction versus trying to like keep things going he's been around a long time, he knew that this was probably as far as he could go, so kudos to him, and now it's you know lowry's uh at the can here to try to get this team going consistently in the right direction
1: yeah i mean it's as classy as an exit as i think we'll see um i think that was pretty much um you know echoed by everyone even the biggest critics of paul maurice here in the winnipeg market um but dave it is kind of stunning that we're sitting here a a month ago the jets were in first place and they went toe-to-toe with the edmonton oilers who were in first place at that time in two of the best games that we've seen in a long long time and to think that it fell off to the degree that it did um, the yeah. underwhelming losses to Arizona and Buffalo at home, it seemed like it all came to a head. And, um, you know, the one thing that really became apparent from the press conference of both Maurice and Dayoff on Friday was that this wasn't the first time that they'd had these discussions. It dated back to last summer after the sweep at the hands of the Montreal Canadiens. And I think earlier in the month... Um, and then they went and beat New Jersey and beat Toronto. And maybe it bought a little bit more time to see if things were getting back on track. But I mean, when the coach said, and it was very interesting, and I've never heard this before, a guy leaving saying, I mean, I've been in this game for 26 years. I have more experience than anyone. And I knew that it was time to move on. Um, you know, it uh, yep. a very unique situation. But it also leaves this hockey club at somewhat of a crossroads. Um, you know, going forward with a lot of talent, a cap team, major expectations, and a seismic change when it comes to the leadership of the organization behind the bench that I don't think anybody saw coming. Certainly not when they were 9-3-3 three, and three a month ago.
0: <laughs> no, definitely not. And and that's, it's, it's, it's funny how quickly things can change and evolve in the world of sports, right? I mean, like you said, a month ago, things were looking great, <laughs> and now there's a new head coach behind the bench. Um, but again, I think this is, you know, you get to a point where things... When things are going good, they're going really good. They're doing really, really well, and you don't question anything else. As soon as you hit a bit of a wall you, and, and things start to to trail off a little bit, that's when you start to know exactly the ins and outs of a club. And it certainly seemed to me, in, in what Paul Maurice was saying, that he wasn't able to write the ship because of him being there for so long. Maybe guys were tuning him out. And it's not a tune-out in, I don't care what this guy has to say anymore. It's more of a, I've heard this before, you get overly frustrated, you start to second-guess yourself, we should be able to do better, and all of these different elements come into play. And if he feels, like he clearly did, that he isn't the guy that's going to be able to send the right message to get this team back on track, then he decided, yeah, this is this is pretty much it. And whether that's Lowry that can do it, even though he's been there for a little bit, different voice in terms of calling the overall shots, Um, You know, this type of move, whether he resigns or gets fired or whatever, it sometimes is a bit of a jolt to the rest of the group to say, okay, look, we we know what we're capable of. It's time for us to, you know, get it into high gear, kick ourselves in the butts here and get going. This could be simply a scenario where that kind of plays out and, and they do get back on track. And that's certainly the hope.
1: Yeah, well, Friday night, just hours after the change was made, they still looked they were like a little bit of a shell shock hockey club, Uh, a much better performance yesterday, and a huge win against St. Louis. And thank God that that win happened, because this would have been a pretty ugly week around here. If coming off the back of that, you lose two at home, another divisional game against St. Louis, and then your games against Nashville and Dallas going into the break are canceled, and you're chewing on that one for a week-plus. Um let's move on to what's happening in the NHL. I mean, I we don't even know if we have enough time to go down all the teams <laughs> they're shut down right now, all the games have been canceled. Yep. Um what wh- what do you make of what's happening right now and how uh, is this a temporary thing for this week? I mean, do you expect us to get back to somewhat normal as far as what's been scheduled coming out of Christmas beginning well with the game with the Minnesota Wild here in Winnipeg on the 27th?
0: Yeah, that that's definitely the hope. Now You know, I know that the cross-border cancellation for games has caught a lot of people off guard a little bit, but the primary reason for that is because of the holiday break. And they're trying to make sure that everybody that's traveling can be home for the holidays with their families. Uh, Because if, you know, the Jets go into mini or mini comes here and somebody tests positive, well, they've got to stay there for 10 days. And if that's the case, that means they're missing the holiday break, the time with their family, teammates, all that stuff. So this was kind of a uh, it, it was like a good faith kind of uh, play by the league and just one that makes a lot of sense. Um, but we're up to 43 games that are being postponed as of this moment, with New Jersey and Pittsburgh being postponed tomorrow. That's number 43 on the schedule. That's a lot uh, that the league definitely did not anticipate that number getting to that level. It's 38 in the last week. Um, so we're getting to a point where it, it's getting it's getting tougher. There's going to be an Olympic announcement, I believe, sometime this week uh, that will officially end things in terms of participation and how they restructure games. That's all being considered right now as to how they could pull it off. The the Olympic break in February will be shortened. Can they get some games in? Of let's say it gets to fifty, can they get twenty in within that uh, a week prior to when games are supposed to come back and then. Siphon them out throughout the rest of the season. Maybe you push things at the beginning of May. Um, They're going to do everything they can to get those games played and to get a full 82 game season and while not pushing the full schedule back as much as um, they potentially could.
1: Well, okay, and we'll get to the Olympics, but I mean, I think, as you mentioned, I mean, it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that this isn't happening, which absolutely sucks yeah. for hockey fans. I mean, we've been waiting so long for a real legitimate best-on-best best tournament, and it seemed like it yeah. was right there, and now it's gone. But the NHL planned to be gone, shut down for basically almost a month. Um, with these games being played, I mean, how do you see... Like, what happens to the month of February if NHLers are not in Beijing? Um, Do they move games from other points of the schedule to that time to try to, you know, fill in some of the holes? Or will they basically just try and make up as many of the games that have been postponed already in that time? I mean, what are you hearing about what happens to the month of February, assuming NHLers don't go to China?
0: Yeah, it'll be a variation of that. So there will be a pause in the schedule. Um, there's going to be the Olympic, uh, excuse me, the the uh, All Star break, which they're still trying to keep together, uh, for a variety of different reasons, um, but also give teams like every season we have a bye week in the NHL. Every team's got a bye week. Well, this will basically be what the play is here. So I think it's February third is the last day of regular season games until the 23rd. Well, within that time period, they're going to give teams a break. You're probably going to see the 21 day get cut in half. And the week of the 14th is when they'll start to sprinkle in some games. And like you said, it's possible some games could get moved up so that it it makes it more accommodating from a travel perspective to get in the canceled games and postponed games then. Or they'll fill in some of these postponed games and, and move forward. Um, you know, a lot of the rinks have dates booked for concerts, for other types of shows and things like that. But there's still, I did a quick comb through a lot of the rinks. There's still a lot of time in and space in between those other events to get some games in. It's not going to be all of them, but if they can get 10, 20 games in and then sprinkle the rest so that they can, again, not push the season too much into May before getting to playoffs, that's something they'd like to do, and that's something I can guarantee you at this very moment they are trying to figure out at, at, at the league offices
1: i guess uh, i guess we shouldn't hold out hope that they could just uh, maybe get all the national teams to show up in vegas after the all-star break and just do a <laughs> tournament there in vegas it would be too perfect yeah. but as we know and people were yes, asking about that the logistics involved and the cost the insurance I, I mean you need to be able to make money you need to be able to pay for it and you know selling tickets television all that stuff you don't just pull that off in two or three weeks however dave right. let me ask you this considering um, the excitement, how important it was to the players as well as the fans, maybe not as much the owners as they saw it as a nuisance to have this best-on-best best tournament at the Olympics. Where do they go from here? Um, are we just waiting till the next Olympic Games for something to happen? Or does this maybe provide a, more of an urgency for the NHL to do it and do a World Cup of hockey in a way that wasn't, I don't want to call it bastardized, but I mean, I'm still choked. It, North The team North America was cool, but, I mean, the minute you did that, we didn't have a best-on-best best tournament. I mean, Matthews and well, Eichel didn't get a chance to play for the United States. Connor McDavid wasn't on Team Canada. Um, wh- when can we hope to see this tournament that we we're all so excited for this year in China?
0: 2024 um, is, the, is the hope. Uh, now, they haven't given it that much consideration because, primarily, um, they're trying to figure out the Olympic thing. So once this all becomes official, I, I believe, I'm led to believe it's going to be this week at some point, um, then eventually they will start to focus on it, which would probably mean they'll focus on it once the season wraps and, and try to get something going. But, but it looks like it would be 2024 is what they would like to, to see some type of World Cup of Hockey get into play. And then the 2026 Olympics in Milan uh, are still on schedule. Uh, hopefully as of now, but it's part of the CBA that they were going to contribute and participate to Beijing and Milan. So from an Olympic aspiration perspective, your focus is 2026 at this point for the most part. And if if they can get a a proper World Cup tournament in 2024, that's what they'd like to do. And it would probably still be North America based. Although at the time, about a year ago when this started to come up, it looked like you may have pre-tournament games overseas and then The actual tournament somewhere in in parts of North America, but it wouldn't be just one location like it was a few years ago in Toronto. They're going to spread things out and do it um, like they used to do it the proper way back in the day.
1: Uh, As far as we know, the Olympics are still happening. We're just not going to have the best-on-best
0: and the NHL
1: players there. Um, What becomes of the Olympic hockey tournament? And, and, I mean, let's just focus in on Canada. I mean, what do we know about Hockey Canada's contingency plans? I mean, uh, who the heck are going to be wearing those new jerseys they were just rolling out last month Too much fanfare?
0: Yeah, well, uh, you saw today that Team Canada pulled out of the Spengler Cup. I would imagine that a good chunk of that roster would be the backup plan. Um, Devin Dubnik effectively the number one um probably have other guys like Pasquale and Pogi as backups and things like that um and then a bulk of that Spengler, Spengler Cup roster uh the, the tournament they have in Russia uh, you're gonna be plucking some guys from 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 there and I the thing that I'm not fully clear on yet is the potential for AHL guys or uh East Coast guys or something like that most of the these rosters are non-NHL, non-North America committed. Some guys are in Europe. Some guys are in the KHL. You're probably looking at those types of players that are going to be participating um, if and and when, as we anticipate, that the NHL will be pulling out. Um, But that's looking more and more likely by the minute.
1: Dave Pagnotta of the fourth period is with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Uh, Okay, let's just continue down the list of things that are getting screwed up in the world of hockey uh, by the virus. (laughs) Uh, The one thing that seems to be right now still a go and looking good, fingers crossed, is the World Junior Hockey Championships, which is in Edmonton. And again, I'm not sure what the story is with fans in the buildings. I mean, uh, here in Winnipeg, I mean, we certainly haven't seen this surge yet, but they're worried about it. And they announced that Jet Games were going to be 50 percent coming out of holiday into the middle of January. I think we all know Edmonton has been, or Alberta in general, has been sort of a wild west uh, throughout this entire thing when it comes to Canada. Uh, But what do we know about the tournament, protocols for it, and um, will they still be able to have all the butts in seats that they sold tickets for for this event?
0: I think so. Uh, It certainly sounds like it. I was just in Winnipeg, uh, excuse me, in Edmonton uh, the last few days. um, And I believe some staff and some um, personnel from a lot of the teams are making their way in. Uh, it, it, it doesn't, I haven't heard anything with respect to the possibility of postponing or not postponing, but, uh, uh reducing capacity at, at Rogers place. Uh, it looks like it's all a go, uh, again, it, it's a lot more loose right now in, in Alberta and in, and in Edmonton. Uh, but they feel that they've got things contained and if it doesn't affect, uh, the games, they'll, they'll continue with full houses if they can full tournaments um, you're probably going to see protocols um, in place similar to what we've seen in the past with the previous and with the world, um, excuse me, with the NHL, restricted to very confined different environments. The rink, your hotel, maybe a couple of restaurants here and there that get kind of closed off and sectioned off for the teams. Um, but that would pretty much uh, be it. It wouldn't be a, you know, obviously we're not normal times. So there will be some adjustments made, but in terms of the actual tournament and fans in the seats, um, I haven't heard anything to that would suggest as of this moment um that that they're considering different options
1: one more for you um uh, you know Connor Halibuck's always a very interesting dude when he speaks he was uh, pretty outspoken today about his level of frustration with what's happening with the protocols going forward and the testing yeah. paul Stasty said something similar i know steve eiserman's comments on the weekend got a lot of run ironically right before his team got shut down the very next day Um, you're well connected and talking with people in the league especially on the player side of things I mean what are you gathering from um, how the players are dealing with and how many of them feel about the way this is being handled with all these cancellations and um, you know everything that we've just talked about for the last 20 minutes
0: tons 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 of frustration Uh, everybody that I know that, that I've spoken with from a player side has said that well the people that I've spoken to have had no symptoms they've tested positive They've had no symptoms. Um, they have a, a few teammates. Some teams have had none, but a few teammates that have mild. One guy that I know of had a little bit more of a severe case, but it lasted a couple days and then dissipated. Um, but the very significant majority of have had either no symptoms or very, very mild. And mild described to me as someone's throat was scratchy for a few hours and then it disappeared. That was pretty much it. Um, so the frustration level among the players in the league is, okay, well, if, if we're all vaxxed, there's one player that isn't, and boosters are available, and some teams have gotten theirs, and, it, and some players have gotten theirs across the league, and most of the people are asymptomatic. Why can't they be put in the same environment together? Now, I understand um, that from a public perspective, it's different, but it, it's a different environment. So I get it. I I understand the frustration, and I believe at some point the league will modify their protocols. I don't know when that's going to be, but there's definitely talk that eventually in some fashion they will ease some of these protocols and and just change the overall uh, testing. They're definitely looking at the NFL, bit of a different beast, and they're highly more vaccinated than players in the NFL, um, which kind of boosts their um, argument a little bit more. But this is something that we're going to take a look at right now the priority is figuring out the olympics and figure out the rescheduling of things but i suspect at some point in the near future there will be some type of modification uh but you also have to take into effect all federal local state provincial governments and, and try to make it all balance, and that's the toughest part
1: well and i guess and we can't forget uh the role of uh the almighty dollar in all of this as well and i imagine yes. players that are already frustrated in the pa knowing that they already have to pay back all this money from the season before yeah. Aren't too fired up about the prospect of cutting these buildings in half for uh, for games for the foreseeable future.
0: No, and and look, Gary Bettman talked about a few weeks ago how prosperous the league was. They they anticipated a four point eight billion dollar revenue season. It's it then got projected to five point two. The longer this goes, the more that's going to drop, um, and that that affects everybody's pockets. So there's a lot to take in. Obviously, health and safety is number one for a lot of these guys, but again the messaging is they're not feeling anything. So certainly the vaccines and everything have been working. uh, But when do we get to a point, even Stephen Stamkos mentioned this as well last week, when do we get to a point where you start to live with it because things are going well? These guys used to play with the mumps outbreak. They used to play with the flu. They used to play with all kinds of other things that were spreading around the league. And they got through it. I think it's to a point now, it's premature now, but it will be. uh, If you feel something, get tested if you're positive. You're going to go through it. Otherwise, um, it, it's going to be game on. Eventually, that will be the mindset, Hope with the hope that from a medical perspective and all the experts and everything um, all agree that that is the right path to take, given the circumstances of the league. Again, one player uh, who isn't vaccinated, everybody else is.
1: David Pagnotta of the fourth period with us on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Um, David, before we go, uh, finishing up last couple of weeks of the year, uh, what do you and uh, Dennis and the gang over at uh, TFP have uh, for uh, the uh, the final couple of weeks of, of 2021 heading into the new year and for the holidays?
0: Yeah, well, we're trying to focus on some of the games that are still being played. Uh, so we'll, we'll highlight some of those. Um, there's actually no games on Wednesday because of all the postponements. So one today a few tomorrow, nothing Wednesday. Um, I don't know what Thursday looks like, but we're going to try to focus on some of those uh, and then get some features up magazines out there as well. So we're going to perhaps, I I think this week, maybe next put some of those features that we had on the print side into the, uh, onto the digital side, share some of the photo shoots that we've been doing and fun stuff there and and hope that things do start to improve league wide. Once we flip this calendar over to 2022
1: fingers crossed. Thanks so much for doing this. All the best to you and the gang and uh, we'll do it again soon. Appreciate you definitely all the best. happy holidays. Give them a follow on Twitter at David Pagnota and give a follow as well to the fourth period. You can check them out online at the fourth uh all right we're gonna get Remus back in here in just a second. uh hey, the uh, holidays are here. I was mentioning you know we're over at Vita health. You might want to get uh you know some of these uh there's the sober carpenter beers and the clever pink g and that are available but uh if you uh if your folks want the real thing. You definitely are going to want to make sure that you are stocked with Little Brown Jug for the holiday season. Of course, the Great Taste of 1919, the Winter Variety Pack available as well at your local beer store. And the celebratory Brute IPA celebrating their fifth anniversary. If you pop down to the uh, taproom on William Avenue, you'll also be able to get uh, to pick up the beautiful special limited edition five-year tulip glasses. And if you're looking for a great last-minute gift idea... Hit them up online at littlebrownjug.ca. They've got some great gift boxes available uh, pre that are already curated, or you can create your own by adding some merch, some beer, and adding the custom gift box to the cart. And they'll put it all together for you and deliver it anywhere in the city. And delivery right now is free from littlebrownjug.ca. So you can do it online at littlebrownjug.ca or pop down and see them. Check out the great spot they've got at William Avenue, and everything is available there as well um hey princess auto great sponsor of ours can't wait for the uh, mixed curling trials that are coming to portage la prairie of course jennifer jones team going to the olympics representing canada and uh our princess auto curling report is a big shout out to the mckenzie zacharias team two years ago they were the manitoba junior women's champions and now they won the manitoba scotties and will represent the province at the scotties great stuff from the zacharias team Of course, Princess Auto, proud sponsors of the Bombers, curling in Manitoba and across the country, and the place where you'll find the best deals and the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Check out their Facebook page. they got about a half-hour video on some amazing holiday gift ideas, or just pop in yourself to one of the two local locations or online 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com dot com uh and you know what as i said i don't know what the heck we're gonna do wednesday because that's the one day of the week we won't have any nfl football there's no hockey games but i'll tell you what it's still a great day to head on over to boston pizza that being said we got a double header tonight we've got two games tomorrow as well in the national football league uh to maybe occupy us without hockey for a few days for the winnipeg jets pop down gourmet pizzas world famous boston's wings ice cold schooners all waiting for you at your local Boston Pizza. And of course, you can order online as well at bostonpizza.com. All right, let's get Michael Remus back in here. And uh, Remo, great show today. Shout out to everyone that's with us. Nice crowd today in the YouTube chat. Give us a thumbs up if you haven't hit it already. And if you haven't subscribed, make sure to hit that red subscribe button. Um, you know, it was a great conversation with Hammer really focusing on the Jets, but I'm glad we had Day on today because, um, you know, both from an NHL perspective on what's happening with the virus, the protocols, the canceled games, this pause heading into the break for cross-border travel. I mean, it really is just a crazy, crazy time for people that, that have their pulse on the National Hockey League.
2: Yeah, as he said, it's a weird situation. You look at the schedule, we're supposed to have a bunch of games, and there's only one, uh, Minnesota and Dallas. And, um, you know, national games are being canceled. Uh, um, you know, the what, they didn't have Hockey in Canada with the Leafs on the weekend. Uh, it's a crazy situation. I thought we were done with this, but here we are. And, um, you know, we're trying to just... Make the best of it, as you said. You know, we're supposed to have some Jets hockey this week. I was looking forward to uh, Tuesday, Wednesday of back-to-back games, but those games are shut down as well. So, uh, I mean, all we can do is wait and see, I guess. Yeah,
1: figure out when they're going to replay these games, and uh, that I think will probably be discussed when, as Dave mentioned, we get the uh, official word. Unfortunately, that the best on best will not be happening in Beijing. We expect well, an official word on yeah. the uh, end of the Olympic tournament uh for NHLers at least going forward and uh, I mean you oh, know well, hey listen we'll still watch the Olympics I mean that will be going on at a time and you know the Olympics captivate sports fans from around the world um but it's just not going to be the same without uh, and just the anticipation for this event was such a long time coming um and it really stinks, for me. I mean when we think about these careers I mean of some of the top players in the league over the course of the last 8 years or whatever that that uh, you know haven't had the opportunity to represent their country in a true best on best I see this tweet you've got up from Pierre Lebrun. Nothing official yet, but a real sense NHL players aren't headed to the Olympics. Given all the game postponements this week, no surprise if that's the final decision. I would love to be wrong, but as we just heard from Dave and so many other insiders, uh, there's pretty much no one that's saying, uh, oh, no, it's still on the table. I mean, at this point, it's just a waiting game to find out when they officially nuke it.
2: Yeah, I mean and, and we're just going by what the hockey insiders are saying, nothing official yet, but uh it's seemingly uh on its way out. And uh I agree with you. I mean, I think of um you know 90s and 2000s hockey. Um and I think of you know Joe Sakic and, and all the great players Steve Iserman. I mean, his number is retired on on Team Canada. I mean, playing for Canada at you know, best on best tournaments and we just haven't had that for this generation we had uh, what 2010 and 2014 and we did have the world cup of hockey but i don't think anyone took it as seriously as uh no, some of the other ones it was least.
1: really fun we all watched it but mm-hmm. um you know winning that tournament there was no way you could legitimately say hey that was a true best on best tournament right. because of what happened with uh, with team uh, team canada and north america uh, so it's going to be a weird week um But, you know, we're certainly still going to be here throughout the week. Very excited. I should have mentioned this right off the top of the program. But tomorrow on the show, we will have the one and only Bob Irving join us. Cannot wait for this conversation with Bob. We'll talk to him about the amazing Bomber Championship, going back to back, um, as well as his favorite memories of uh, being the voice of Blue Bomber football for just about five decades here in Winnipeg. So don't miss tomorrow's show, especially you Bomber fans. Cannot wait. To have Bob join us, it's going to be a heck of a lot of fun, uh, and uh, we'll also see who else we might pull in. A little bit of time off for some of the people that are normally busy with the hockey clubs, so we might uh, get some holiday visits from some special friends at some point over the course of these next few days. But count on it tomorrow, Bob Irving on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily, and and Remo, you would say. I mean, I know you've been, you know, kind of monitoring the chat throughout this, uh, you know, the well on Winnipeg Sports Talk. I'm not sure there's someone that we've had more questions and requests
2: to get on the program than Bob, and it's happening tomorrow. Yes, that, that that's correct. People have been asking us, well, when are you having Bob on? You really need to have on Bob Irving happening tomorrow. We're supposed to do it Friday, but we had the big Jets news, so uh, let's postpone it, and we'll do tomorrow. Uh, well, Murat, also good for tomorrow, and people are saying, what's your schedule this week, especially now with no Jets Wednesday and Tuesday? But we're going Monday to Thursday. We'll talk World Juniors. I also have been wanting to do this for a while. We're going to try to debut some. We're going to do the Marble Race Thursday, but I'm going to try to debut uh, some trivia on Thursday. So if you're into trivia, come to the show on Thursday and uh, we'll try to put on uh, put This on is going to be wild. This is going to be wild. A new way that you'll be able to play with us live on the program.
1: I'll try and dig into the tickle trunk and maybe uh, get uh get something for our winner but uh it, it should be fun and i think that if this goes well it'll give us plenty of opportunity to maybe do some more fun stuff like this heading into uh into 2022 hard to believe it and uh man it's also hard to believe that you know 200 shows in that this all started at the beginning of march it's sort of been just an absolute whirlwind since we got this going but uh Heading into the holidays, we've got a beautiful fire, we've got a Christmas tree, we've got 200 shows, we've got an amazing crew with us every day on the podcast afterwards, and uh, people were fired up to get into the YouTube chat today as well, it seems. I was
2: curious how it was going to go, you know, um, with the Jets off, and with, um, yeah, you just saw that Super Chat. Whoa, with the... Larry Eloy, <laughs> yeah, hold on a sec, we're, we're stopping
1: <laughs> in our tracks for this. Larry Eloy, enjoyed listening to you guys since day one. Keep up the great work. Merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah, and all the best in 2021. Short work week for me, so I won't be listening live for the rest of the week. Well, Larry, uh, happy holidays to you, my friend. We love having you in here. I'll be uh, contributing in the chat, uh, and we really appreciate that. Very, very nice of you to do that Um, on behalf of both Michael and myself. Um, man, that's so nice to do that. To, you know, you hear that every now and then. And then Larry Eloy just pops in with a beautiful super chat and gift for the boys heading into the holiday season. Larry, thank you very much. And thanks to everyone that's with us uh, each and every day. The show on Friday obviously was a monster one Remo, with everything that had happened with Paul Maurice. Uh, but it's pretty cool coming into a weekend that's sort of quieter without jet games. Wasn't sure how it would be. And uh, uh, another big, big crew of uh, the WST Nation joining us uh, right here live on YouTube today.
2: Yeah, well, I guess we hit, we hit 6K subs. Uh, we're approaching uh, 6,100. If you're not subbed, hit, the, uh, hit that red button, please. And uh, hit the thumbs up as well. I know like 30% of the people in here uh, are not subbed. That's what the uh, analytics tell me so but nice to see everyone in chat I'm always get worried I remember we had some days in the summer heading into long weekends where you know people start doing other stuff and maybe forget that we're here but uh you know what it's awesome to see so many people coming in here on a monday well and the one thing that we found too that you know it's so easy for us to live in the moment and be live on
1: youtube but uh, we do have to give a big thank you to the people that have been making and breaking podcast download records over mm-hmm. and over the course of course the past few weeks i mean the last two weeks with the bombers winning the great cup and then everything happening with the hockey club last week and of course paul maurice has um, made a number of record record breaking days when it comes to a uh, podcast downloads. so uh we thank you all been a great week and uh, been a great year, and cannot wait to get after it into uh, to 2022. But we still do have plenty of work to do. A full week next week, and then we'll come in. I know most places probably won't be working on Monday because Christmas and Boxing Day are on Saturday and Sunday. However, your boys at WST will be here for you. Um, you know, presuming there is a game that night, which there should be at least as of right now. Um, we'll definitely be there for you coming out of the weekend with the latest on the Winnipeg Jets as they get back on the ice a week from today at home at the Canada life center as currently scheduled. Uh, but we the big story this week, and I think we'll have more clarity tomorrow from true North sports and entertainment is just how they are going to handle the bomb that was dropped by uh, Dr. Rusin uh, at the end of Friday heading into the weekend that beginning well today, I guess, or midnight tonight, Fifty percent capacity in public buildings, which is a, a major, major headache for folks that you know have a a building of fifteen thousand and have sold thirteen or fourteen or fifteen thousand tickets for a game. And how the heck they figure out which tickets are going to work, which tickets are should not be used and stayed at home, and then everything that comes out about that about refunding people. What if tickets were bought on the secondary market? I can't even wrap my head around it. And I spent about ten years doing that actual job, so. We will hopefully get some clarity, and at some point we'll get somebody, hopefully Kevin Donnelly, on with us to talk a little bit more about uh,
2: about where everything is at in regards to uh, how this is going to proceed. Yeah, we'll wait and see. I mean, I'm seeing stuff, uh, some serious shutdowns happening in uh, Quebec. Uh, I'm not really sure the current situation here, if anything, has changed. I know there's new orders going into place, but it's something as far as uh, hockey games and concerts um, we will keep an eye on, but yeah, 50% capacity, so, uh, we, we will see, Hustler, that's, a, I mean, that's all I got, I can't, there's nothing yeah. more. The more to add. We'll, good thing we'll is hopefully
1: see. the world juniors won't be uh, won't be affected and uh, that'll be something that we'll spend quite a bit of time talking about as we get into later on this week um you know previewing the tournament canada some of the top players will be looking for draft eligible players some of the players that have been drafted earlier that you know will be focusing on of course all winnipeg jet prospects that'll be playing in the game and you know i'll get to this when we do the cool bet lines at the end of the program but i did tweet this out Uh, They do have some props for Team Canada at the World Juniors. And Cole Perfetti is the favorite, plus 250 to lead Canada in scoring. And I believe he's plus 350, second on the list to be the top goal scorer for Team Canada. So we'll have some uh, some talk with that. And then, of course, the National Football League. But listen, before we get to that, Remus, I I do have to say that this weekend, I mean, I don't know about you and everyone in the chat, I mean... Pretty much every conversation I had over the course of the weekend, certainly heading into Sunday before the NFL kicked off, was about Paul Maurice and about the Jets and the change. I mean, that really took over, I mean, everyone's conversations right now. And maybe it was nice to have that as a big topic because it saved us from talking about the restrictions and everything else that's coming on that's driving everybody nuts. But in the weekend, outside of the huge local story, I'm not sure there was anything bigger than the PNC Championship on the Champions Tour of Golf. And you might be saying, what? What are you talking about, Hus? It's because it is for major champions and their kin. And Tiger Woods and his 12-year-old son, Charlie Woods, absolutely stole the show. Even if you are not a golf fan, everyone knows who Tiger is. And to see his 12-year-old son out there playing with him Was just an absolute treat. I have not seen what the television numbers for it were for Reem, but I'm sure they probably smashed anything on the PGA Champions Tour, maybe ever, and that includes, you know, Phil Mickelson making his debut and winning earlier this week. Uh, But there's Tiger has a special aura to begin with, and then everything that he's been through to see him back on the course playing the way he was with, you know, a spitting image of himself in 12-year-old Charlie, who has some serious game himself. Um, that was absolutely phenomenal. I'm sure I wasn't the only person, if you weren't at the game and you were watching on television, flicking back in channel commercials to see what was going on there and probably dented some of the NFL numbers as well because it was pretty hard to take your eyes off of once you saw the Woods boys go at it.
2: I did see it was on NBC, Hustler. I was watching NFL, so I didn't really tune in. But I mean, for all the talk about Tiger Woods and Charlie stealing the show, I mean, they didn't even win us. It was John Daly. And his son who won and look at those pants on John Daly and look at that uh, championship belt for us on YouTube here. What's what
1: amazing? That's what they gave out for this event—the belts.
2: I mean, that's if you can call that a champ, that's like a mini championship belt. I don't know, but those. This is some look here. So, what? uh yes, I see Santa Daly says Jeff Cabillas in chat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> incredible, and yeah, B A split does point a Charlie Woods is is twelve, but. Um. An interesting tournament, and I—I I mean, people are asking me where can I watch this, watch this thing. So there was definitely some interest for Tiger yeah. Woods. Oh yeah, back it was on the on, golf course. He yeah, was on NBC. How, how many memes have you seen sent to you of Charlie Woods and Tiger Woods? They got the same club twirl, the same fist pump, the same stroke. Oh my God, this is this is incredible.
1: It really is. And uh, I did see someone, uh, there are already books, I think mostly European books, that are taking action on will Charlie Woods win a major before he's 25 years old. Uh, But yeah, great stuff. John Daly and little John Daly, who I believe is at the University of Arkansas following in his uh, old man's footsteps. Uh, They got the W and there was John in his ridiculous uh, pants. Smoking a dart every hole pretty much, Um, but making shots. And they got the W, but uh, a really cool, unique event that uh, I jokingly said that should be the fifth major now that Tiger's back playing with his 12-year-old son, Charlie Woods. Um, But let's talk NFL a little bit, and we'll get to the cool bet lines in just a second. Remo, funny how things have shaken out. Think about week one of the season. The Green Bay Packers embarrassed Humiliated, in fact, by the New Orleans Saints. What was it, thirty-eight to three in that game that they had to play in Jacksonville? Uh, The Chiefs got off to that rough start, three and four, losing to the Titans and the Bills and the Ravens and the Chargers all in the first seven weeks of the season. Many people wrote both of those teams off, and looky here, we're going into Week 16 next week, and it's Aaron Rodgers and the Chiefs and Pat or Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs having sole possession of first place in the NFC and AFC respectively. And um, could, well, definitely do as of right now, have the inside track to the loan buy with the extra playoff team this year and a home field throughout the playoffs.
2: I thought the league had figured out uh, the Chiefs' says, don't you just put two safeties back and that's how you, nope. that's how you stop them. Um, but uh, Mahomes, they definitely looked, you know, not like the team that we've seen early on. They seem to have figured that out, putting up a big score against uh, the LA Chargers on Thursday. We'll wait and see. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers looking pretty good. Got a bit of help, Huss, with a phantom interference on a drive. And, you know, Jim Harbaugh going for it with uh, with the backup for two. Again, not working out. Doesn't necessarily mean it was uh, the wrong decision, but it, uh, you do have to execute those. So. Um, yeah, those teams. And someone was asking if we haven't talked about, uh, I know you love talking about Tom Brady <laughs> plus, uh, getting shut out yesterday by New Orleans. Barry oh, But come on. I mean, Chris Godwin, he suffered a torn ACL. He's out for the rest of the year. Leonard Fournette left the game with an injury and so did Mike Evans. So when you lose your top three offensive weapons. Oh, injuries. So are grunk. you going to
1: tell me uh, time
2: zones too? Is that, did that play an issue into into their loss to no, the Saints? I think they're in the <laughs> same. I think they're both in the East uh, time zone, <laughs> actually. but. Um, that was a tough one. Although, I mean, you'd th- you think they'd be able to score more than zero points, uh, but credit to the Saints, holding Taysom Hill, who's barely a quarterback, uh, to nine points. Yeah, uh, they yesterday. got that shouted was-
1: at home. Sean Payton wasn't even on the bench. Dennis Allen actually yeah. got the win as the acting head coach. Um, hey, I- I'll tell you what. The one great thing about this, I mean, Brady was a minus 167 favorite to win the MVP going into the weekend. I think those numbers are going to be completely shaken up. He might still be the favorite, uh, but a very slight favorite over I think Aaron Rodgers' number is going to drop. Um I know people wrote off Patrick Mahomes early on in this season and he has had some rough games and I think he's thrown 11 picks. But I mean if they rattle off 10 in a row to at the end of the season to go 13 and 4 and win the AFC again, I think there'll be some people that'll be overlooking some rough games earlier in the season and kind of focusing more in the present. And then there's Jonathan Taylor and Manream. That game on Saturday night, the Colts and Patriots actually ended up being pretty exciting at the end. Credit to the Pats for coming back. But uh, man, what was it? 170 yards again, another touchdown, a 60 yarder at the end of the game to ice it when they needed it um we talked about this on the show a couple weeks ago and i actually got on him at 25 to 1 for the mvp cuz it just seemed like if there was ever a year that it might go to a non quarterback this could be it and he has so clearly been the best running back in the nfl on a team that will be in the playoffs that's got a lot of momentum right now um, you know, this could be, this could be the new Zach Caleros passing prop bet conversation on the program following the MVP race. And can Jonathan
2: Taylor of the Colts actually take it away from one of the top quarterbacks? Yeah. I mean, he's kind of reminding me of, uh, what Derrick Henry meant to the Titans last year. I mean, Carson Wentz, as a point out by Jeff Cabellus in chat, passed for 57 yards against the Patriots. He was five for 12. Jonathan Taylor, 29 carries, 170 yards. And for all the fantasy players who have been saying to uh, the Colts, give Jonathan Taylor the ball more. It's certainly uh, working out for them. And he is having a monster a monster fantasy season, but also a monster uh, real-life season for the Colts. I mean, the guy breaks big runs. Um, you know, he can, he's good in the receiving game. Although he didn't have too many, he didn't have any catches uh, the other day. But, um, you know, when you have a runner like that, it really uh, really changes your, your offense. So a uh, pretty... Pretty awesome uh, for the Colts well, there at 8-6. And,
1: and you know what? And I mean, I just think back, and everyone probably listening and certainly watching knows that I'm a big Chiefs guy. Um, and I'll listen, maybe they had their couple years, and maybe this wasn't the year for them. Uh, because, you know, after week six of the season, you know, you've lost to the Chargers, who are a problem, absolutely. Um, you lost to the Ravens, who looked amazing. You lost to the Titans, convincingly, with Derrick Henry. And then there's the Buffalo Bills as well, who look so good now you look at the AFC and the Chiefs are playing as well and the defense has stepped up to make them look like the most complete team in the AFC. And then what's happened to the Ravens? What's happened to the Bills? Um, You know, the Titans are a shadow of what they were before. Um, I'll be honest, watching that game on Saturday night, uh, I think the Patriots have an elite defense, the best coach around, but I'm not sure that that offense is going to be good enough to, to beat Kansas City in a game. And the Colts, For all the reasons you said are a problem, except for the fact that Carson Wentz is the quarterback. And I don't know anyone that would throw a lot of money behind the Colts, knowing that to win the AFC, you're going to need to, at some point, put up a lot of points with your offense. And it might be coming back in a football game. And I'm not sure Wentz, the Wentz that we see right now with Indianapolis is that guy. I mean, to me, the Chiefs are in the driver's seat right now. They have the one game lead um it's going to be tough to tough to get through them knowing it goes through arrowhead and by the same token on the other side of things i mean the bucks don't look that scary right now the cowboys are really up and down the cardinals just lost to detroit yesterday i mean to me we were all pissed off that you know aaron rodgers being a dummy cost him the opportunity to go head to head with patrick mahomes earlier in the season we might just get that mahomes rodgers game before the end of the season and you know what game that would be in
2: funny i'm looking at the standings are all dumping all over the chiefs as you said and then they are 10-4 so uh is ryan friesen here i don't know ryan
1: friesen is this ryan how are you feeling i know you uh, wanted me to send you that money that they wouldn't get to the uh, afc championship game a little while Mm. ago but uh i think you might be emailing me 40 in about uh, five or six weeks uh regardless (laughs) we do have two games tonight uh who is playing for the for, for the browns tonight remus do we do we know uh, we know that Baker Mayfield and Case Keenum both did not pass the uh, pass their tests, so I think it is Nick Mullins that will be the quarterback for the Browns today. I'm just pulling up this list. Cleveland will enter the game with 22 players still on the list, including 10 starters out for the game that begins this afternoon at four.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but four o'clock football, right? Uh, I'm in. <laughs> I just realized there's like a DraftKings mini slate here with the two games today and two games tomorrow. Let's do this more often. Monday, 4 o'clock. What are we thinking? It's, I Only day with no football. Wednesday, I'm here for it. Let's make this a reality. <laughs> it's funny. You got a doubleheader today, two more games tomorrow. Yeah, it's crazy. And absolute
1: chaos in fantasy football. I mean, if you're still alive and you're still there, congratulations. Good for you. I actually had a great weekend. My fantasy teams are winning. I had I ran the table a perfect week on the lock shop with the exception. Oh, actually, my pick on the partner probably did come in. Perfect on the best bets. Had the Chiefs on Thursday. So um, despite everything happening around us, uh, actually in quite a good mood and hopefully can keep this running uh, tonight. I don't know. I'm on the Raiders. Not that I have any faith in the Raiders at all. But the fact that the Browns are missing 10 starters and have Nick Mullins starting the quarterback for them, I think this has got to be Raiders or nothing. And uh actually, well, here, first things first, want to give a shout out to our friends at Nick and Nikki at the Nick and Nikki DQ. Four locations in Winnipeg the DQ Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. Right now, up until Christmas at DQ St. Anne's only, a great deal on ice cream novelties. Buy one box, get another box for 99 cents. And in the meantime, Take advantage of some great giveaways from our friends at DQ. Just go to DQ at DQ Manitoba on Instagram. The 12 days of Christmas giveaways from DQ is on right now. And of course you can uh, order certainly in the St. Vital area from Dairy Queen and Nick and Nikki via skip the dishes and Uber eats, but check them out online at DQ Manitoba. And if you want to get a holiday cake, maybe for the festivities on the weekend, order that now tee it up at dq manitoba um a big shout out and congratulations to our winners of the big marble race on friday our guy mike lay came in second hit me up on the weekend mike we've got a uh, a nice little i love rye package for you and i'll get that to you this week because it might go perfectly for the holidays um, nothing better than the taste of canadian club for a cocktail over the holidays. Right now, special Canadian Club displays are up at all local Manitoba liquor marts. Bonus air miles with your Canadian Club purchase and your chance to win 5,000 bonus air miles as well. We won't be on the air Friday, but we will bang off a holiday marble race on Thursday's program. So make sure you join us. Uh, And let's get to the cool bet lines. As we mentioned, we've got NFL action this afternoon. The Raiders are three. Excuse me this can't be right let's just the uh raiders right now uh two and a half point
2: underdogs i can't be right no they're favorites according to this here minus two and a half see i'm are you refreshing let me just,
1: let me just close this Do I and need, get maybe a change no no you're right It it, it is i'm
2: <laughs> yeah minus Very two and bizarre. a
1: half on one i had them as plus another i had them minus so right now Minus two and a half, minus 118. If you click on it and you can get an adjusted spread, I just figured this is a game that maybe could really get away on the Browns. Um, I'm going to take it down to minus six and a half and get plus 165 for the Raiders. Little sprinkle on that. Maybe it's getting a little cocky after a perfect week, but whatever. Not going to be a big bet. Hard Hard to legitimately put. Actual currency on a game with so many guys out of the lineup. But uh, hey, they're playing. We're going to have to do it. Uh, Later on tonight, second game is the Vikings and Bears. And the Vikings are a minus six and a half point road favorite. Oh, God, that's a lot of points to lay with Kirk Cousins on the road. Uh, But the Bears have some injuries, especially in the secondary. Look for a huge game from Justin Jefferson. Let's see what his player receiving number is. Uh over or under 96 and a half yards. Oh, man. I think that's a big, big number, but there's a reason for that. Uh man, he is just so, so good. What about the uh, the amount of receptions as well? Well, you can check it out. There's totals, quarters, touchdown scores. Um, it's all there for the Monday night football game. And then tomorrow's game, uh, we've got two more tilts. The Rams and Seahawks. Right now, the Rams are seven point favorites over Seattle. And uh, what was a nine point spread with the Eagles over the WFT is now six and a half. I think Washington, hoping they might get a few more players, but they were basically in the Brown situation with half their team on the COVID list earlier this week. Um, So those games both going off at the same time tomorrow. Not sure how TV is going to work, but six o'clock tomorrow for the Rams, Seahawks, as well as WFT taken on the Eagles. Uh, It's a sad, sad Thing to pull up the NHL lines right now because as Remus mentioned, we've got two games. or oh, sorry, one game today. One game. The Wild and the Stars, Wild minus 104, Dallas minus 112, and then Washington at Philly and Arizona and the Kraken tomorrow. And that is it. No games on Wednesday. Uh, a very quiet end to the pre-Christmas portion of the schedule in the National Hockey League for all the reasons that we've been talking about over the course of this program, um, and then I should mention World Junior Hockey Championship. We've got some outrights. Canada's minus four hundred to win Group A uh, to win the tournament playoffs included. Oh, they've, they've got the uh, they've got the options of who you think is going to be uh, going at it. Canada versus Finland, Canada, Sweden. All those. And the top goal score and point score for Canada is what I was talking about earlier. There's Cole Perfetti, plus 250 to be the top point score for Canada. Uh, Mason McTavish, 3-1 to one to be the top goal scorer, And then there's Cole Perfetti right after him at plus 350. So uh, get on over to CoolBet. If you never bet there before, use the promo code WST. You'll get a 100% bonus up to $200 on your first deposit over at CoolBet. And uh, as I said, Reem, thank God for the NFL, because these would be very, very quiet nights for sports fans. I know Waiters said on Wednesday, I should maybe make a plan to read a book. Um, that, that, that's, you're talking about a much more well-rounded person than me. I'll I'll probably, I mean, Jeff Cabillas, we'll watch wrestling on Wednesday night, get caught up on AEW, uh, before we get to a Thursday night or hell of a Thursday night or this week as well, Titans and Niners, huge game for both teams heading into the playoffs.
2: Yeah, I guess my schedule is uh, a bit different. I'm playing hockey uh, tomorrow. That's still that's still on. So um, I don't have to worry about a conflict with the Jets game. And Wednesday, yeah, I don't know. I'll we'll, we'll have to figure, shout out, I'll figure out what I'm going to do Wednesday.
1: Shout out to Waiters, who uh, has uh, done the homework for us. TSN1 has WFT and the Eagles. TSN4 has the Rams and the Seahawks. So, uh yeah, it seems NFL like to have two games at the same time. I do agree. However, the fact that they're pushing these games a couple days back, they need to get them done because then they're on to preparing for the next week's games. And these are huge games for a lot of these teams. The Rams, absolutely. WFT still in the mix in that crazy and Philly for that matter. In that great from the crazy run for the seventh spot with that extra wild card game. So still lots to play for. Um, but what we get from this Raiders Browns game this afternoon, I am really, really not sure. Um, been a great show today. Thanks to Dave Panyata for joining us, as well as Jeff Hamilton right off the bat. We appreciate all of your, your warm seasons greetings, especially with our beautiful holiday background for today's program. We will we'll have this go throughout the week, and then maybe get into a new year's theme for next week. But hopefully the bottom line is that we'll have games next week to talk about. Um, make sure to stay tuned to WST all week. We will have more details for Jet fans on what this means for ticket holders for the games on the 27th and the games on the 29th. We'll have that for you in the next couple of days. We expect some sort of announcement tomorrow coming out of True North as far as how that is all going to work, and we'll have a guest on it. And tomorrow, Bomber fans, Winnipeg sports fans in general, do not miss The legend himself, Bob Irving, who's going to join us on tomorrow's show. I cannot wait for that. It should be great, especially coming out of that amazing Grey Cup victory for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, big thanks to all of our sponsors. Support them if you can, especially right now at the holidays. The Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Canadian Club, Cool Bet Canada, Little Brown Jug, Princess Auto, Boston Pizza, Manitoba Battery, Royal Sports. Don't forget all that new Bomber Championship gear is in. A great holiday present right now for the sports pan in your family. Not Auto Corp, Culligan Water, Vita Health. And F apparel. For Michael Remus, I'm Andrew Patterson. Thanks to all of you for joining us in YouTube. We'll see you tomorrow, counting down to Christmas, one o'clock live on YouTube and in your podcast feed around 3 30 on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Have a great night.
0: Oh my God! Oh! shut it down! Let's go. Home! Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily.